Good morning, New York sports fans. I'm Daniel McCartan. McCartan, after midnight, I'll be talking all things New York sports with you until 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning. Back in my regular time spot here or late Saturday night if you're still out and about. There weren't many people out in the city that never sleeps just now. Maybe you're in a ride chair home or maybe you're working on a weekend like usual. Me and Pat are too. I've got him taking your calls tonight playing DJ and all those things. You guys know that number, 877-337-6666. Let's load them up with your best content only, please. No nonsense. Coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. We're going to be together a lot tonight. You'll meet till 6 a.m. So get comfy and get ready. This is the final installment of the McCartan Christmas Week triple play or hat trick, as you guys are calling it. You guys have been great on the phones. Great with your live tweets throughout the shows. Let's bring it one more night, everybody. This is my last show of 2020. So this is the last one. So just off the top here, Happy New Year, everybody, coming up um, on 2021. Next time I see you guys, it's going to be 2021. I've got my NFL beatboxing segment back for you guys tonight. You're going to hear Jason LaConfora, who is, you know, NFL insider, but also he's a radio host, newly minted, newly minted radio host at 105.7 The Fan which is our sister station in Baltimore. He's going to duke it out against New York Giants TV host, Madeline Burke. So don't forget that you guys get to crown a listener's choice winner on my Twitter at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, all while listening live in that. And that's coming to you in the 4 o'clock hour. So we'll, you know, lots to do before then. Now, this all began uh, tonight with a statement released by the Cleveland Browns. And it said, quote, earlier today, the Cleveland Browns are informed that a player's test results have come back positive for COVID-19. Our facility is closed and our flight to New Jersey has been delayed while contact tracing has been or is being conducted. The team is holding meetings remotely as we continue to consult with the NFL and medical experts on the appropriate next steps as the healthy and safety of our players, coaches, and staff, and the entire community remains our highest priority, end quote. So here's the timeline. This is something I've been tracking all last evening, no not Santa Claus. That was the other night. This is the Cleveland Browns flight into Newark this evening. So this is a really cool account. Um, I, I love following this account. He's not paying me to say this. It's just really cool. It's uh, at Sports Aviation. So per him, who is, I think he lives on Long Island, he told me. So he listens to the fan. Uh, he tracks flights of teams all across the country. But anyway, so um, that was the kind of the first tip off. that I, That's when I knew that the flight was delayed the first time with a new anticipated departure at 4 p.m. So at that point, I DM'd him and said, keep me in touch, keep me in, you know, in mind with any more delays. So then, uh, continuing with this timeline, around 5.30 p.m. Saturday, the Cleveland Browns beat announced that the Browns have activated uh, Jedrick Wills from the COVID list and placed linebacker B.J. Goodson on the list. So Wills is back and ready to go, but Goodson is out. Then reports were flying Saturday evening about infected players. Each update... Each list grew longer. The initial report came from Ian Rappaport, and he said that B.J. Goodson is a, is a positive case, and the flight remains grounded as his contacts are traced. Adam Schefter then added three additional names to that list. At 5.46 p.m. Saturday, Mary Kay Cabot, Brown's beat reporter for Cleveland.com, said all three of those players, yes, she confirmed Adam Schefter's... See, this is like a little crazy, right? She's confirmed all three of those players were indeed close contacts, and they're all being placed on the COVID-19 list, and they will miss the Jets game. But more are coming. 
Then, finally, at 6.06 p.m., the final list of players unable to compete in today's game came out via the Browns' official Twitter. It said, we've placed wide receiver Rashard Higgins, wide receiver Kadrell Hodge, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, and wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones, and linebacker Jacob Phillips on the COVID reserve list, in addition to everybody B.J. Goodson. They said, in addition, we've elevated per contagious contagious disease addendum three three practice squad wide receivers. So practice squad wide receivers for Pat Boyles, Browns, and Baker Mayfield tomorrow. Then, this exclusive to me from At Sports Aviation, the flight was delayed a second time with a new anticipated departure time at 6.15. And then there was a third delay. It put the the team plane departure of Newark at 7 p.m. They finally, there were two flights, actually. I don't know why exactly, but there were two. One landed at 8.03, one landed at 8.06, respectively. So if you're a Jets fan, you might have had the same thought process as T-Pain did back all the way in 2008. Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, he, they can't, you can't believe it. So at JN Mets said the motto, is a quote, he said the motto, take flight has never become more apropos for every hour delayed, the Jets inch closer to win number two. Or are they head to, headed to a reschedulement? Or maybe a primetime embarrassment is up next for them. Right now, everything seems to be good to go as originally planned. But keep in mind that in the event that the Jets and the Jaguars lose out the rest of the season, don't forget that Jacksonville does hold the tiebreaker over the Jets for that first overall pick. And meanwhile... The Jaguars are taking absolutely no chances and have officially entered full-on tank mode like the Jets should have done. Well, how do I know? Well, they're riding a sweet 13-game uh, losing streak. <laughs> win. Sweet 13-game losing streak. They opted to sit the quarterback that earned them their only win back in Week 1. And in a, a very curious move, Jacksonville benched Minshew, who was coming off a Week 15 performance, a loss, obviously, against the Baltimore Ravens, in which he threw two touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and had a rating of 120.8. The highest attainable rating is 158.3. So they bench Minshew. I saw no reports about an injury to him. I even checked the Jaguars' official site for an update. Just nothing. So with Minshew benched, the Jaguars return to Mike Glennon, who is obviously winless in his three tries this season as a starting quarterback. And in his most recent action, which was week 14 against the Titans, he was benched midway through the game in favor of Minshew. At the time of his benching, his rating was a 46.5. We talked all week here on The Fan. Uh, this is my fourth, technically my fourth show of this week, about the possibility of Minshew mania striking again and potentially earning the Jags a win or two over the course of the next two games of the season, or the last two games even. We talked about how that is, this upcoming Bears game later today, that would maybe be a potential win for these Jaguars. Well, Jets fans, Chicago is absolutely still in contention for a playoff berth, so they definitely have something to play for. Will Mike Glennon be uber-motivated to beat his old team? A revenge game? I mean, maybe. Is this how this all works? <laughs> in the event that Glennon can't get it going through the air, the Jaguars have further solidified the full-on tank. Their breakout running back, James Robinson, the NFL's third leading rusher and top rookie on the ground, won't play versus the Bears. He missed the entire week of practice with an ankle injury. Hmm. An ankle injury. 
You know, I'm going with the Rocky theme again for the New York Giants here in Week 16. They are big underdogs yet again. And this time, it's their season is literally on the line. Like they went to Seattle and beat them. The last time I played this team, that was the last time. Can they travel down I-95 and hand the playoff hopeful Baltimore Ravens the same fate that they delivered to Seattle? The Ravens and the Seahawks' offensive blueprints are oddly similar. Can the Giants pull this one out? Well, for one, James Bradbury is back from being deemed a close contact to his uh, non-team doctor chiropractor that had COVID. And Fatou Kazi from the Jets also went to the same guy. He also was put on the list. Man, the Giants could have used James Bradbury last week. The defense was largely able to shut down a very potent Browns running attack, held them only to 106 yards on the ground, which was their fourth worst performance of the season. The problem was that Baker Mayfield then torched them with his arm, having a career day. Having Bradbury back at least mitigates that threat. My main concern is this. Coach Harbaugh's Ravens have been historically physical. Do you know where I'm going with this? Daniel Jones has been named the starter this week. Is he really going to be that Daniel Jones? You know, the one that was at one point atop the quarterback rushing yards charts with Lamar Jackson earlier in the season? Will he be the same Daniel Jones that, according to next-gen stats, maxed out at 20.64 miles an hour on that long run? You know, the one he tripped and fell on? It was the fastest of his career and one of the fastest among all quarterbacks this season. In fact, Jones has three of the seven fastest quarterback speeds recorded this season, the other four belonging to Lamar Jackson. That, according to Next Gen Stats. So is he really going to be that Daniel Jones? And if he is not, if he is not mobile, I think you tell him to take a seat and you put Colt McCoy in. In my opinion, Colt McCoy gives you a better chance to succeed than a one-dimensional Daniel Jones. And on this date in Yankee history, well, December 26th, yesterday, but you know, close enough, two hours ago, the New York Yankees purchased the contract of Babe Ruth from the Boston Red Sox for $25,000 up front and another three installments of $25,000 over the next three years. There wasn't a 24-hour news cycle then. The news broke on January 5th, actually, a couple days later by the New York Times, but the deal was already done. With the Yankees, Ruth, as you know, went on to win seven AL pennants and four World Series championships. And then in 1923, the Yankees opened Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, the house that Ruth built. The rest is history. Yankees fans, thank you, Hunter Hayes there. Yankees fans in 2020 are hoping and wishing and praying that the Yankees make DJ LeMayhew feel as wanted as the Yankees did with Babe Ruth back then. And much more recently, Garrett Cole. But you know that we keep a weekly tracker here on this show on DJ LeMayhew. Despite the reports that the team and the player are greater than $25 million apart, there really hasn't been much news. Which, is no news good news? Or is it bad news? To me, the longer this goes, we said it every week, the worse off the chances of him re-signing with the Yankees are. Because if you think about it, if you wanted something really badly, you'd go out and get it. I mean, that's how I operate in my personal and professional life anyway. The longer the Yankees wait, the more teams that get involved, and the greater potential of another club catching his eye. Brian Cashman told you just a few days ago, this is a quote, I'm sure other clubs would like to take him. We want him to feel, feel good about ultimately his decision. We'd like him to stay here. 
But if he chooses to be here, he has to feel good about staying here. And that comes through conversations and communication again through representation and as well as the player himself. Um, lukewarm at best to me. So tonight we're going to do the unthinkable. We are going to imagine a 2021 Yankees team devoid of the most coveted position playing free agent in the entire MLB. Just in case. You guys know that I like to be prepared and that I like to prepare you guys as well. So what is the DJ LeMahieu backup package? What is the contingency plan? Here's a hint. I'd like for the Yankees to slide Glaber Torres back to second base and find an upgrade from him at shortstop. Will it come via trade? Will Francisco Lindor be manning shortstop for the Yankees next season? Well, think critically and do the math. Five years at $110 million, that's what NJ.com is reporting for DJ LeMahieu, puts that at, at uh, $22 million annually. Keeping in mind that the Yankees are reluctant, hesitant, and may not sign DJ at $22 million annually, I'm going to present to you some other Yankee free agent options at shortstop. On, on the break, I'm going to tweet out one of my famous charts from my notes without the names of the three available shortstops. Do not Google their names nor their stats. Simply look at the information presented and cast your vote. And yes, while the Nets are still 2-0 and in total domination mode, can someone please remind the New York Knicks that there are four quarters in the basketball game? So that's where... That's where the opposition seems to be waiting for the Knicks, right at the halfway point, right at the borderline. Because besides the fact, here's another thing, besides the fact that the game started with Reggie Bullock wearing a jersey that had number 25 sewn onto the front, which is his number, and Mitchell Robinson's number 23 sewn onto the back of it. Sorry, but side note here, those City Edition jerseys for the New York Knicks are U-G-L-Y. They ain't got no alibi, but anyway... Where were we? So, yeah, the Knicks, they continue to play half games, the first half in particular. In their season opener, the Knicks actually led the Pacers 66-61 through halftime. And tonight, at their home opener, maybe surprisingly against the potent Philadelphia 76ers, they were tied at 27 at halftime, and they were only losing by five. I'm sorry, they were tied at 27, I'm sorry, at, at the end of quarter one, my bad. Tied The Knicks and the 76ers were tied at 27 at the end of quarter one, and they were the Knicks were only losing by five points at halftime to the 76ers. And then the second half begins, and the same old Knicks come to play. I'm sitting there watching this game, and I'm thinking, like, what could this be? I'm putting on my coach hat, and I'm, like, thinking, why does this always seem to happen? Is it poor conditioning at the professional level, really? Is it poor shot selection? Are other teams overpowering, making overpowering halftime adjustments? Maybe they just, yeah, Manuel Quickly and Obi Toppin were sitting on the bench. Maybe it's just a talent imbalance. And by the way, Quickly uh, is day to day. Like I told you guys, that same night that it happened, it, he was going to be day to day. And then the sneaky little injury for Obi Toppin was the fact that he's got a strained right calf out seven to 10 days. Oh, no. Uh, reevaluated in seven to ten days. I mean, already with this. So, if I had the answers to all of these essential questions, everybody, I think I would have a courtside seat on the Knicks bench every single night. Oh yeah, and by the way, is this Brady effect really real? I'm sure you saw the Bucks made their first playoffs since 2007. I was a freshman in college. 
and the Patriots missed their first playoffs since 2008. So there's that. Is the Brady effect really real? Lots to do tonight, everybody. Lots to get to. As you know, let's hit the calls. Everything is on the table. I cannot wait to talk with you guys. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan. After midnight on the fan in New York City. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us. They doing too much. Haven't done my taxes. I'm too turned up. Welcome back, everybody. Too much part after midnight. That was a quick little break. This is like the first song that we always play. I know Emmanuel last night was was uh, testing my knowledge. I am undefeated in the uh, the song guessing uh, category, but this obviously is Drake. This is our our opening song every week here, Pat. Um, so. On that quick little commercial break, you guys, I, you know, you can't put a graphic and a poll at the same time on Twitter. Twitter, where are you at on this? You can't do it. Even a quote tweet. I'm trying to do it right now. Quote tweet. You can't put a poll. Okay. So you guys, the graphic is up. So here's what you'll do. This is like in my classes now. You'll, you know what? Let me just delete this and let me put the directions, written directions as well. For those of you guys who are auditory learners, as well as those of you guys that are visual learners. <laughs> so the directions are all going to be there. Again, this is uh, on my Twitter, tip going down right now, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. So which, I'm typing it right now, which player would you rather, don't Google the names, at New York Yankees shortstop. Um, we'll go, the choices are going to be top, middle, or bottom. Okay, those are your options. There's the tweet. You guys tell me, top, middle, or bottom. I'm going to check in a little, little bit on the results here. I, I know which one I'm picking. And uh, and by the way, green means higher than career average. Red means below. I feel like I'm in class now. I feel like I'm on Zoom. Okay, there you go, everybody. There's the directions. Okay, so let's go to the phones here, guys. Um, I would love to talk about the doomsday scenario in which DJ LeMahieu is not a New York Yankee next season. Okay, 877-337-6666. Kevin and Camden, you are our leadoff tonight. Kevin, what's up? What's up, Coach? I can't believe I'm actually going to defend Dave Gettleman. Because I, I, <laughs> if, if we would have this conversation about a month ago, I think you, you know I would have ripped him. Yes, but, uh, but you can't you know, now, I, right, Kevin? You no, can't, can't do it. Because the, the results are there. Oh, I'm not fully there, but they're showing progress. All right, what so I'm is? Start. Yeah, I'm what is start. the the? Uh, go ahead, tell me. Okay, the 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 drafting. Okay, I think the drafts have been phenomenal. Darius Slayton steal the draft. Mm-hmm. Then, then I'm all right, I'm not gonna put Saquon in there, but definitely Slayton. Uh, definitely trying to think who else was drafted. I can't think of who else was drafted. Well, how about your quarterback? Do you like the quarterback? Daniel Jones, yeah. And um, I, I'm i trying to think. Uh, defensive player. I, I, I know there was uh, losing, trying to throw the defensive player. But I know I know Dave Gettleman's track record's good. That's one. Mm-hmm. Two, I have confidence in the free agent signings that he's got. Absolutely. Blake Martinez, absolutely a stud. Uh, Logan Ryan, who just got a new contract, by the way. Mm-hmm. Christmas morning. Yep, hometown guy. I love that. Graham Gano. Yep. Dude, he's like the best kicker in the league. Uh, how did he get? He's the biggest snub for the snowball. Ooh, uh, the snowball. The Pro Bowl. How did he not get picked, man? Come on. I, I agree. I agree. They picked no, the kicker I'm, from the dome. Come on. Well, completely. I agree. But I. 
but I do realize that he could still be fired at the end, at the end of this season. I do realize that that's a possibility. It is a possibility. We'll have to but wait I and see. Say, I, I, I would, for the drafting and the free agency, that's my main reasons for bringing him back. I think more the free agency more. So I think that what yeah. he did in free agency and what he is still doing in free agency is amazing, <laughs> to be honest with you. He rebuilt that yeah. entire defense in one offseason. I mean, come on. And the offensive line is better. I mean, yeah. um, yep. Andrew Thomas showing progress in the beginning. He's showing some promise. Yep. Uh, Matt Pert. Yep. I'm not sold on Hernandez. That's That was his pick. I'm not going to mm-hmm. give him total preps there. But the offensive line is looking better. You know so, what, Kevin? Let me let me ask, and I'm going to ask this to to the audience, the listening audience. And thanks for the call; I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my question to you is: I would love you to name me one perfect GM, one GM who has never missed. I'm waiting for the call since last night. At this time last night, I'm listening for this call. Name me one GM who has never missed, because I love the pairing of Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. Now, I'm not in the room. I do not know, I keep saying this, but I don't know, or were those Dave Gettleman guys, were they Joe Judge guys, or was it a marriage of both of them? I seem to think that it seems to be a marriage of both of them uh, coming together with these decisions. So um, I would like to see what a Judge Gettleman draft class would look like. I'd be excited to see that because Joe Judge coming from the Patriots Always seems to be picking, you know, in the back end of rounds. So he might have some talent there, or, you know, to find diamonds in the rough there. And I know Gettleman found uh, Darius Slayton late, but think about it. The Giants have had picks at the top of the draft for the past couple seasons. So if you think about it, this might be a perfect marriage. And I would be willing to give, to give Dave Gettleman at least one more draft with Joe Judge. And that's Kevin's opinion and as well as mine. Rob in Brooklyn, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle, first-time caller. All right. Listen, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Listen, uh, in tonight's game, did you watch the Miami-Oakland game? Where is the defenses in these games? Mm-hmm. Did you? Okay, now i got to ask you the question. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, they were running in the end zone. They had the touchdown there. How don't you score a touchdown on that play right there? How do you go for the field goal? You get the touchdown, you're up by five points. You got to go for the touchdown there, Danielle. What do you think about that? Yeah, and this is like the same question that goes back to the Giants game too uh, from last week too. You, you take the points or you kick the field goal. He was right in the end zone. You go, you go. And like years ago, <laughs> I was growing up with defenses like the Doomsday Defense, Purple People Eaters, Steel yeah. Curtain, and all these things. These defenses today. You know, did you see that Buck game today? Forty-seven to seven. Yeah. I mean, come on. Where are these? Where is the D? The NFL. I love the league, Danielle. It's a fantastic league. It's a great league but where are they where is the defense in the nfl and i'll let you go great show great to talk to you talk to you soon have a great night appreciate it rob thanks for the passion thanks for for bringing it tonight there rob uh you know i I, i've talked to players i'm not in locker rooms or anything officially but you know i've talked to players um defensive players and the 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 slanting of the rules the, the the revision of these rules every single season makes it really tough for defenders to do their jobs. So it's like they almost give a cushion. The defenders almost like give a cushion because do you want really want to be that guy that, that does a pass interference penalty and, and sets up a team at the one or something like that? You know what I mean? And there, I, I, I sit there and I watch. I feel like there are some quarterbacks that get those calls um, more often than others because when you sit there and you watch Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold, as we do here in New York, 
And then you go and watch a game, a Tom Brady game, an Aaron Rodgers game, a Ben Roethlisberger game. Those guys, Patrick Mahomes, those guys seem to get a lot more calls. I don't know. I know last night we were doing a, a statistical analysis of baseball umpires and how many times that they've missed calls and in review and everything. But I'd be curious to see. I'm sure I can look it up on the break or someone can look it up that how many pass interference calls are granted based on the quarterback per season. You know what I'm saying? Just it's a hunch that I have. I would like to see it either confirmed or denied. I'm not sure. But in the to answer your question, Rob, uh, in a way, the rules that the NFL is putting in place is making it increasingly more difficult for defenders to actually go ahead and do their jobs. That's kind of the short answer. So therefore, because they how do I say it? Like they think scoring is more important. Scoring is most it's most exciting. Scoring's exciting, right? Yeah, right. Baseball is finding out that scoring is not so exciting anymore because up the downside of scoring is hitting home runs is striking out. So we're gonna hit a saturation point in in terms of scoring. I think Rob's already at that saturation point of uh, too much scoring. It's just too much. Maybe they have to re- relax on some of these rules where the defenders can go in there and put their hands on a, on someone else and not get a flag called. You know, I just hate, and I said this, I think last weekend, I almost ended with this, that referees should be seen and not heard in, across all of sports. You should never be playing against the other team and the referees, in my humble opinion. Justin, in Deer Park, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle, it was great to see you into the last few nights. I know. I love it. Thank you. All right, hold on. Well, I have my point. Okay. Yeah, well, it's for my dad again, so. Okay. All right. So this is what I'm asking with my dad's help. Are you ready? Yeah. Justin, you and your dad are the first father-son to call me in the same night, by the way. Yep. I told him <laughs> to give you a call last night. Yeah, and he did. And he did. So this is what he is. What are what is your thought about Tampa Bay's performance? Um, dominant. The game was over by halftime. Dominant. Yep. I, I think it's more um, indicative of the the Lions' performance. To be honest with you, what yep. the heck was up with them? I know. And are they finally getting? Do you think they're they're going to be able to actually be able to contend? Like if they can like win it all this year? The Bucks. You saying? Yeah. Um, I hope so, because I actually have some money on the Bucks to win. So I certainly hope so. Um, I think, and Justin, thanks for the call, because I want you to hear the answer to this. I th- oh, sorry. Um, I just, I think that when you watched, um, when you watched the game today, and I really only tuned in, I'll be honest, really that first half, halftime I saw, and then I saw that they took Tom Brady out, and I kind of just went into, like, show prep mode at that point, like, real show prep mode, like, don't bother me kind. But, um... When you when you saw the touchdown to Antonio Brown, my TV just happened to be on loud. But when you saw the touchdown and the touchdown celebration, listen, Antonio Brown is personally, you know, I don't care for him. Professionally, he's a, you have to respect that he's still a good wide receiver. So after he made that touchdown catch on that throw by Tom Brady, that rocket right basically through the arms of the defender into the arms of Antonio Brown, the back of the end zone underneath the goalpost, the microphones in the, in the quiet stadium, the microphones caught the celebration. Did you hear what Antonio Brown said? Did you hear it? He said, I think the direct quote was, I love you, Tom Brady. 
and he hugged him in the in the end zone. So I think that this um and and I know TJ Reeves might be listening and Buck sideline reporter. He's a guest on the show, a friend of the show. Um, I think that the infusion of the Antonio Brown energy. I know this sounds weird because he's been nothing but negative energy, but kind of changed the complexion of the team a little bit. Yes, the defense is playing well, but I think the Bucks are coming together at the right time. I really do. I mean, they were clicking on all cylinders. I know it was against the Lions, but the Lions are a 5-9 and nine team. The Lions aren't the Jets. The Lions are not the Jaguars, just so you know. I don't know. I just think I, I think... I think that the Bucks have a lot of weapons on the offense and on the defense. And playing together for the first time, a lot of them, especially, you know, the most important part of the, the whole roster, the quarterback, I think you're seeing the culmination of kind of sort of gelling together. Certainly I hope so because I actually picked the Bucks a long time ago. I can't log in. I was going to find the date for you, but I can't log in because I'm in New York here. But um, I picked the Bucks right after they signed Tom Brady and right before they signed Gronk. So whatever that date was, that's when I put some, you know, my little bit. I think uh, I think I was really sure about this one. I think I put $20 on them to win the Super Bowl. So um, let's go Bucks. If it's not the Giants, if it's not the Jets, I'm on the Bucks train this year. Because if the Bucks win, I win. How's that? Let's go. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's go Knicks. Larry in Bayport. Larry, you're on the fan. Danielle, how you doing? I'm good, Larry. How are you? Good, good. How was your holidays? Very good. Quiet, but good. Good. That's a good thing. Yes. Um, the problem with the Knicks, they have no point guard. But Emmanuel quickly though is yeah, where is he? He's hurt. That's the thing. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Not doing you any He's day to day, Larry. That's what he is. That's where he is. <laughs> oh, I thought I heard longer. Okay. No, oh, no that's um, Toppin is is seven yeah, to ten days reevaluation. Uh, at least he's going to miss uh, six games. Seven to ten, they said on the broadcast. What I think it was seven to ten days. Yes, so like six games total. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Oh, I didn't match it up against the schedule. Yeah, yeah. But okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But um, what was the other point I wanted to bring up? All you have to do to save your trouble. Okay, just watch the first half and shut your TV off. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what I did tonight. <laughs> did you see that? Oh, Fitzpatrick was unbelievable. Did you see that throw he made? No, you know what? I, I did have to try to close my eyes at least because this is like the third show in a row here. But um, I didn't see it. I heard about it. And Fitzpatrick, and come on. got the face mask? Yeah, the face mask I heard about, yes. I mean, it was apparently it was blatant. I didn't see it with my own eyes, but apparently it was a blatant face mask. Yeah, yeah. and the defense was horrible. That yeah, defense well. reminded me of the Jets. <laughs> oh boy, don't, don't! Oh my God, <laughs> I, I was like, oh my! I, the other call was, you know, I agree with him. Yeah, with um, the defenses this year are horrible. Yeah, I just think it's that the rules are preventing them from being good. You know, you don't want to breathe on a receiver. It's like basketball fouls. You don't want to breathe on a player too hard or else you get a foul. With the pass interferences, yeah. you, you know what's amazing? It's like you say, it depends who the quarterback is. Does it though? Is it just me or is, does it really seem that no. way? If you're a winner, okay, they're going to call it all the time. It seems like it. All the time. I know. It, 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 and if you don't turn around, they call it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I have to agree with you. My last point, I have to agree with you on. Mm-hmm. I do not like Antonio Brown. Personally. He's a great player. Yes. Great player. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Major he, issues. Uh, slightly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and Larry, and thanks for the call. I appreciate you picking up the no phone. No problem. Have a good holiday, Fred. I'll talk to Thank you. Thank you. You too. I, have, I was going to say Merry Christmas, but Happy New Year. <laughs> you, okay. Happy New Year. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, bye. Um, yeah. Antonio Brown, personally questionable, professionally not so questionable. He's Is he still living with Tom Brady? Anybody that's a friend of Tom Brady must be a friend of the organization, right? Trying to get right in that situation. I don't know. All right, I'll take more of your calls after this quick pause. 877-337-6666. Can the Jets pull it out versus the Browns today and their practice squad receivers? Let's hear your thoughts after the break. Brooklyn Nets basketball is right here on The Fan. Be listening tonight at 6.50 as they wrap up their short road trip against the Charlotte Hornets. Streaming on your smart speaker, mobile device, laptop, and tablet at WFAN.com and on your radio at Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66 WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight, everybody. This is the Hardwell On Air Year Mix, part one, which he always puts out at the end of every single year. I'm a Hardwell fan. Get used to it. This is the flavor of the show, everybody. Wake up and get on the phone. Yeah, I hope when people like hear this, if they're just getting in their car, come back from a break, they hear this and they just get <laughs> jolted awake. <laughs> Good. I love it. I love getting you guys jolted awake. 877-337-6666. It makes for better phone calls. It makes for a better, more lively environment here. Better, more lively culture, I should say. There's that word, culture. Okay, so a quick update on on the poll votes here. I know it's not a poll because you can't put a graphic in a poll. Twitter, are you listening? But we have, uh, let me add this up quickly, Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten responses so far. On my Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, on the graphic of, oh, we just had another one come in. Um, Which player would you rather at New York Yankees shortstop? I did not put any names. I put many categories for you to take a look at. Green Colored green means that they are higher than career average. Colored red means that they are lower than career average. So go ahead and tell me. I've got them coming in in DMs all different ways. Just reply to the tweet that's easiest, please. Um, and then I'll, we'll tally them in a little bit. We'll talk in a little bit about which player. And I'll reveal the names of, of who is who. So let's keep it till about probably right after that 3 o'clock hour. Right after that update, we'll, uh, we'll we'll come back to this, okay? So if the doomsday scenario of DJ LeMahieu signing with another team happens, which of these three nameless shortstops would you take on the Yankees roster? And there's a dollar amount there, too, as well. Okay, let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. The Cleveland Browns have placed six players, basically their entire wide receiver core, on the and, and two linebackers on the COVID-19 list. Their plane was delayed three or even four times, uh, leaving Cleveland coming into Newark. They landed at 806, 803 and 806. I'm, I'm still not sure why they took two planes. Um but can the Jets pull out? I know Jets fans are probably shaking your head. But can the Jets 
pull out a win versus a team with practice squad receivers? Oh, man, right? All right, let's go to Ben in Long Island. You're on the fan. Hi, Danielle. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I, just to talk about the um, what you were saying earlier about the pass interference. Yes. I, I looked it up. You did? On, on NFLpenalties.com. I don't, so I don't ben, know how accurate ben, that can, is. Wait, Ben, can you do me one favor? Can you take it off speakerphone or lower your radio? I'm getting like the, the echo. Oh, I'm back. so sorry. I didn't yes. realize I was on speaker. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, so okay. the top... Wait, what was the site again that you used? I, I missed it. I didn't, couldn't hear it. NFLpenalties.com. <laughs> okay. So the top five teams are Tampa Bay, who's got 21 in their benefit. Okay. Miami, who's got 17. That's surprising. Okay. Pittsburgh's got 16. The Jets with 14. Really? And the Eagles with 14 is what it says. Huh. And that's for this season? That's for this season. All right. Well, it's no surprise to me that Tom Brady's at the, his team is at the top of it. That's no surprise. But I am kind of sort of surprised about the Jets and the Dolphins being in there. Huh, so maybe my eye test isn't uh, isn't good. I don't know. All right, well, well, thanks for taking the time for looking that up, Ben. Yeah, no problem. Now, just to talk about the Jets, mm-hmm. I think people are overreacting with the practice squad wide receivers. They still have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. <laughs> and Baker Mayfield. And it's, I, it's probably, the Jets won their one game. As Jet fans are hoping they lose. Who knows, maybe to, tomorrow's the day Mitch Trubisky comes back down to earth and Throws a couple of picks and the Jaguars win. That would be nice. So that would be nice. All right, just uh, thank you for taking my call. All right, have th- an excellent rest of your night. All right, you too. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so he looked that up for us. That was very nice of you, Ben, uh, Bob. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so listen, that you got um, the Jets going against practice squad receivers. First of all, practice squad players—they could be good players. You don't know that, but it's, they're no Jarvis Landry. So expect the ground game to be heavy with the Cleveland Browns. And the Jets can sell out on the run there for sure. Listen, I, and I can't check it right now. I should have checked it and screenshot it before I left. But I uh, I did put like a, a $3 uh, money line bet on the Jets to win this game. I have lost every single Jets bet I've made this season. <laughs> Pat's shaking his head. I put like a $3. I forget the odds even too. But I was like, hey, you know what? Let me just try it. Every single Jets bet I've made this season has been a loss, a big L, every single time. So I'm not expecting it to win that that three dollars back or more, whatever. But um, there's that. Maybe, maybe they'll pull it out. All right, Dave in Westchester, you're on the fan. Yeah, hi Danielle. Uh, first of all, happy New Year. Really enjoyed the show. You too. Thank you. So I, I wanted to talk about uh, Adam Gaze. I think he is the. Um, the definition of a paradox, which is which is when he was uh, losing, he was winning, and now that he wins, now that he's, he won a game, he's losing. Yeah, yep. And um, you know what I mean by that is that um, they had a chance to get a generational quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, and you know I think uh, you know Manning called him a quarterback whisperer, and I think he was, but he was whispering to Trevor Lawrence while he was losing. <laughs> Now that he won, he's not a quarterback whisperer because he's not getting that quarterback. Yeah, no. First of all, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be getting any quarterback. Let's be honest. He should not have. He should not be in charge of any sort of quarterback next year, right, Dave? Well, I know I, that, that's absolutely true, and I, and and you know, I mean, Chris Johnson called me, uh, you know, an genius. genius. I can't with that. And, and and you know, he was in a sense, he is a genius because. It's almost impossible to lose 16 games in a row. And I, I thought he was, he was a 
combination of incompetence and lack of imagination, inability to inspire his players, uh, that he was actually going to pull it off and lose 16 games in a row and get the quarterback. But now that he beat the Rams, I know. he's really no better than Rich Kotite because at least Kotite didn't have a, a generational quarterback in the balance. But this guy, uh-huh. not only yeah, he had one and he blew it. So now I think he could have gone down actually as you know the most important coach other than Weeb Eubank if he got Lawrence and they won a Super Bowl. But now he's going down probably as the worst coach ever in the history of the Jets. You know, part of me, like, he must have had no, – he has to know he's getting fired. And part of me wants to know, like, how – what level, what degree of satisfaction when he went home, like, to his house, what did he tell his wife? Like, ah, yes, we won him. I screwed that team. You know, like, what could he possibly have said to her? What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him to, to say that. In fact, I, I think that, you know, it, it, the Jets are so cursed that I think the only way they beat the Browns is if the Jaguars win. Then I think the Jets will win another game just so they can't get Lawrence again. Yeah, and it's going to be the Patriots, isn't it? <laughs> what well, irony is that, right? Yeah, that that could be, and that would that would uh, with Belichick. I wouldn't put it past Belichick. I know that one off because we know how much he loves the Jets. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we know that. Dave, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, Daniel. Um, after being dominated by the Patriots for the better part of two decades, how ironic would that be? I feel like we should do a Lance Marset here. It wouldn't, isn't it ironic if the Giants go and uh, the Jets go ahead and beat the Patriots in their final game of the season and still end up losing out on on a generational quarterback of Trevor Lawrence. And I don't use that term. You guys have to know that I do not use the term generational quarterback. But the more I watch Trevor Lawrence, the more I believe that he is a generational quarterback. I'm telling you, I fan of the show, I've been on here what oh, over a year. I think I think that might be the only time I've used the phrase generational quarterback to describe a player. I'm trying to think. Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So there it is. <laughs> and he's going to be in a, a Jaguars teal next year. Fortunately or, or unfortunately. Let's go to Dave in Brooklyn. You're on the fan, Dave. Wow, finally get through. Our first call. How are you doing? All right, good. How are you? You're here. What's your point? I was, I was doing better until I, I heard uh, the tweet before saying that if the Jets lose, that they might fire the coach on Monday. That makes absolutely no sense. Who said Why that? would they do that? Who said that? Um, I can't remember. It was on Twitter, uh, but uh, I forgot who it was. It was it was somebody like you know, a reliable source. So I don't know. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Oh, Lockenfora. Uh, Jason Lockenfora. Jason Lock- Lockenfora. It might have been. Oh man, I uh, let me see if I can email. Why him. would you do that now? It was Lockenfora. He's checking on it. Hold on one second. Yeah. Because I could, if he, he might be up. I might be able to uh, to tweet him or to email him and get. Yeah, because I just got myself like resigned to the fact that we're not getting uh, Trevor Lawrence, and that maybe Sam Donald could be good with some coaching and protection and some receivers. And now I got to deal with this mess. Why would you fire him now after everything we've been through? At this point, just wait till the end of the season, no? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Just wait. To, or my point being, may, maybe. Until they're mathematically guaranteed to lose out on on the top pick, that's what I would say. I, I, I would I would I would imagine they're ninety nine percent done as far as Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, I, but I there's still there's there's still a mathematical chance. I'm not giving up. Yeah, but hope these are yet. the 
Jets. You know that. You know, <laughs> know how that works. I know, I know, I know. I know. But just let him finish out the season. What the, What's the difference? That's what I'm saying. At this point, what's the difference? If you wanted to fire him, you should, should have fired him like week 10. <laughs> right? No, no. Here's the thing, Dave. If you wanted to fire him, you should have fired him last season when he lost to the, I think it was 0-5 Miami Dolphins in Miami. And then again, okay, he kept his job then. Then he left. He he lost to the 0-11 Bengals in Cincinnati, and he didn't even go oh, home yeah. to his family for Thanksgiving dinner yep. to come up that I remember. Game plan. Are you My kidding me? My friends and I were just talking about that a couple of weeks ago. We I, remember it. Amazing. That's amazing to me. I can't. I just can't anymore. I mean, I, I, it's like a disease. It's a sickness. You just can't. But I can't. I can't break away from this team. I can't do it. I know. I know. I would feel better and I'd be in a better place mentally. But I, I still can't do it. Yeah, I, I know. know. I know. But I'm I hope, with you. I don't know. I, hope I don't you know what find that tweet. I, you know what? Pat found it. He just sent it to me. It says Jason Lockenfora says you're yeah. totally right. I must have missed this. Nine fifty-two p.m. says. Hearing yeah. it is very likely the Jets make a coaching change by Monday if they lose to the Browns tomorrow. I had to read it twice because I didn't believe <laughs> it the first time. I mean, just when you think the team can't get any more stupid, they pull this one out of the hat. Who's going to be the coach then? Who, who takes over in this case? They fired Does the it defensive really coordinator. Yeah, no. I, I, I would let the acting defensive coordinator be the interim coach for the last game at that point. Like, what's his name over there? Uh, Bush. Dave, you want to try out to be the coach of the Jets? Can we go together? I, I, I listen. Let's do it. We can't do any worse than they've been doing. <laughs> oh man! I can't. I mean, listen. That guy called a great defensive game last week, didn't he? Yeah, I guess so. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, I know. So I, know. I mean, it's actually Gase's fault that they won that game because he he fired Greg Williams. I know, Greg Williams. He remember when I played? Uh, uh, there goes my hero for him. Yep. <laughs> For the, yeah, well, for the Raiders I, game? Oh. Listen, and there's no <sighs> chance of Jacksonville winning either of their remaining games because both teams, the Bears and the Colts, need those, need those games. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and now you see that Jacksonville isn't playing. What's his name, a quarterback yeah. tomorrow? They got Glennon starting at quarterback, back. and they got their, their top running back on the, on the bench with an ankle injury. I mean, Come on. Everybody, everybody knows how to tank except the Jets. <laughs> they can't even do that right. Yeah, I know. I know. I know, Dave. I know. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> thanks for the call. I just, I've had enough. To have a good night. Yeah, and thanks for adding that tweet. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can email Jason Lockin for and see if we can get him on if he's if he's awake. You got it. All right. Thanks. Good night. Yeah. Um. I on the break. I am gonna email him. Imagine if Pat. You got to give me the the hotline number too. Just DM me the hot hotline number for the fan, and then if he's up, he'll give us a call. Pat. Uh, Jason Lockin for and he is also a contestant. Go ahead. You're saying I shouldn't give the hotline on number out to everybody on the air? Yeah, no, not everybody on the air. Just make sure it's a DM or else we will get killed by Mark Chernoff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Jason Lockefora, by the way, he's going to be making another appearance on our show later tonight um, in the form of a beatboxing competition, by the way. He's going to be repping. He's a, he's a now a recent, um, I think, let me think, uh, probably in the fall, maybe September he started, I believe, uh, as a host. I think he's the midday host down there at the fan, our fan, in Baltimore. So um, he will be competing against Madeline Burke in the 4 o'clock hour uh, for beatboxing. All right, guys, so um, the, we are going to have a quick update from Mr. McCann at the top of the hour. Oh, I got a text. Oh, that's you, Pat. Okay. Uh, we, we're going to have a quick update at the top of the hour from Mr. McCann, and after, your, your, after that break, we are going to talk more Mets. Danielle McCartney, Sports Radio, 1019 FM, the fan, WFAN. 
Wow, we have, uh, this is late-breaking news to me, that Jason LaConfora is hearing that it's very likely the Jets make a coaching change by Monday if they lose to the Browns tomorrow. Should have said when they lose to the Browns tomorrow, possibly. Um, and thanks uh, for that caller for bringing that up. And for Chris Antonacci on Twitter, he, he tagged me on it, and to Pat for finding it and also sending that to me via DM. Um, so I, I, I am a woman of my word. I sent an email to Jason LaConfora. Is in my sent mail here. The subject is Gase, question mark. I said, hi, a caller just brought up your tweet about Gase potentially being fired. Not sure if you're still up. I imagine guys like you don't get much sleep on an early Sunday fo- football Sunday morning. But if you wanted to jump on for just a couple minutes, not even a full segment, just to tell us more details beyond the Twitter character field, to tell us what you know, we'd appreciate it. And I gave him the hotline number. So, Pat, keep an eye on that hotline, okay? Man, we can get a little scoop here. That would be cool. But who knows? Okay, so going back to, let's see, uh, just a quick little tally. If you guys want to get your votes in, I know we've got some football calls on, so I don't want to do Yankees just yet, but so that gives you just a little bit more time to go find. Maybe I'll just retweet it for you guys. Um, The image of which shortstop, if DJ LeMayhew is not your option at at, at second base, if, if DJ LeMayhew is not your option in free agency and he goes to another team, worst case scenario, which of these three nameless players will be your shortstop? We have, I'll tell you, the top and the middle one are, are garnering, I'm keeping a like old school tally with a pen on my piece of paper here. The top and the middle one is where the competition lies between the top and the middle. So we've got one vote, I'll be honest, for the bottom one. So go ahead and tell me we want top, middle, or bottom for the Yankee shortstop. And what are the Mets going to do in free agency? I think George Springer is next on their list. Ruse in Melville, what do you think? Hey, what's going on, Danielle? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Yes, Springer is next. And that is a, that's a 100% lock. There is a, there's no doubt in my mind Springer is, uh, is next on the list. But what I do believe, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a big shock to everybody, is uh, you're going to see uh, DJ LeMayhew on the uh, other side of town, and uh, he's going to be playing second base for the uh, for the Mets. That's what I think. That's breaking news there. <laughs> um, and wh- well, why do you think? I mean, I just don't think he's a great player, but I don't think the Mets have a need for him a- a- on their team. I well, think because Jeff McNeil is just, that's his natural position in second base. The Mets have two first basemen in Dom Smith and. Uh, and Pete Alonso, and you know, third base, maybe third, but I don't really see DJ LeMahieu playing third base. I mean, he has and he can, but I don't know where does he fit. I, uh, I, I, I honestly think uh, what's. I mean, I think what's going to happen is, well, it, the, the problem is that they still haven't, you know, said yes or no to the uh, to the DH rule. So that's that's a big issue. That's a problem. If the DH. Yeah, if the DH rule is a yes for, for the NL, then that negates the problem that you have at first base with Dom Smith and uh, and Alonzo. Um, the yeah, you have twenty million that comes off the books, obviously with Cano. Cano's never going to play for the Mets again. They'll work out some type of deal and they'll pay him off, and he'll never play for the Mets again. Mm-hmm. But what I what I, what I do how I how I would see it would be, um, you know, Lemay Lem, uh, Lemayhu at. Uh, at second, 
you know, uh, Jimenez at short, McNeil at third, and I think they would end up looking to trade uh, Rosario and um, J.D. Davis. That, that's that's what I would think, hmm. uh, that they would look to package both of those guys because the, the Reds are, are, are looking for young younger talent. Right. And and basically everybody's on the table. So if they have the ability to, to package, you know, a Rosario and maybe a J.D. Davis and, uh, you know, look to get some guys like, you know, uh, you know, like a, a Lorenzen and a Amir Garrett, you guys that could really back you know, back the pen up, you know, um, you, you're really in a good position because, you know, um, and 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 also just you know the other the other part is take Bauer out of the equation. I I really believe that the Mets um, are out of the Bauer you know the Bauer party as I like to put it, and I think that's smart because if you look at next year's um, next year's free agent yeah, pool, right. besides you know, besides yeah, I mean we have we have our own guys that we need to sign and. Uh, and if, but if you look at the pitchers uh, that that are available next year, there's a ton of guys that are that are available next year that are young, really good pitchers. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, like this, you know, Bauer is is the the sexy guy because he had one good year. Mm-hmm. I mean, one good year out of nine years is is nothing to write home about. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, it's not. Right? Think, Don't you agree? Yeah, I think what makes him attractive, and thanks for the call. That was a very informative call there. Um, two things. I think what makes Bauer attractive is the fact that he'd be willing to take any sort of a, his agent has said that he'd be willing to take any sort of a deal, one-year deal, two-year deal. I actually think a guy like him would be beneficial by taking a one-year deal because of the COVID restrictions and everything. So if he is as dominant as he says he is, and he can have a dominant year, in a, in a down economic year in the league and then go ahead and make himself some more money in, in the following subsequent year after that. Um, I, I, and I just, I don't like the idea of, of Jeff McNeil playing third base because as you were talking, I, I pulled up his, uh, his defensive statistics here and far and away his best uh, defensive statistics come at second base, right? I think we all know that we all can agree on that. Um, Left field, he's, he's played left field a little bit. Right field, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Um, just as an infielder myself, it's just totally different. But Jeff McNeil has actually done it markedly better than how he plays at third base. His fielding percentage at third base is 920, which is not that good. Not that good. So I would be, that, that's to me, that's almost like a liability at third base to me. I would definitely try my best to keep McNeil at second. I don't. I really don't think DJ LeMay who's a fit for the Mets. As, as crazy as that sounds, right? So, and that all goes back to the other thing of when is baseball going to make a real emphatic decision on whether or not they're going to have that's that is why every I hear everybody calling up the radio stations. Oh, and then the, the hosts always blame it on. Oh, well, it's the COVID money and all that, the economic downturn for the teams. Well, you know what? Think beyond that. It's the fact that the MLB itself has not made a decision on the DH. So teams don't want to either let go some of the players or sign new ones without knowing that. Would you make a, a multi-million dollar move 
and then have it just blow up in your face if the rule changes? No. That's why it hasn't gotten started yet. Let's go to John in Staten Island. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you, John? Hey, could you say eight men in a box? <laughs> John, I missed the joke because you're on speakerphone again. Can you take me off or, or lower the radio? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. I said, can, you, can you say eight men in a box? Yeah, eight men in the box, right? I know. Stop the run versus the Browns, I know. And then Baker Mayfield's going to beat the Jets, hopefully, with some practice squad receivers. Their the receiving course is be, uh, light as it is, and now they got nobody. I know. I know. <laughs> but I, I'm just looking at the draft order, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it shows that the Jets would have the, 30, the first pick of the second round, which is kind of weird. I thought the Jaguars would. Did that come via mm-hmm. – was that the, the uh, Jamal Adams trade? Did that, does it say Seattle well, they, next they to They have it? to pick the Jamal Adams. Right now they're at 26 for Jamal Adams. Okay. But then the second round, there would pick 33rd and the Jaguars pick 34. But the 33rd pick's always big anyway because it's the first pick of the draft. And uh, definitely a lot of value with that because somebody always falls off the first round boards. But they, they have so many draft picks. I mean, it, I mean it's not just, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence draft. I mean, there's a lot of talent coming out. And yeah. Hopefully somebody shows up good that runs up the board and, you know, they could get a lot of value if they trade down. Or to me, I would just build up the line, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't trust the other quarterbacks, but I mean, I, I didn't even hear of Pat Mahomes until draft, you know, you, you got to watch when they start working out. And that's the thing though, but because as a coach myself, like I like to watch the players when we have tryouts, we try to simulate game situations as much as possible because everybody can look great, a stud during drills, you know, like, yeah, you know, you you know, you could be a real stud during drills, and then you get into a game and you have no awareness, no 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 brains, no intelligence. You know what I'm saying? So well, they, they they do so many tests with these kids too. I, mean, I know psychological tests. I mean, so I would like to take that test. I would like to take that test. The the aptitude <laughs> test. I would like to see what that's about. I see how I would score. Yeah. I don't know if we can get a copy well, of that somewhere. And I definitely agree with you on DJ LeMay. There's no way the Mets are going to get both. They're not going to get Springer and LeMayu. Just, There's no way. He's yeah. going to just open up his – he's not going to just open up and spend his money stupidly. Yeah, because – It makes no sense. Yeah, because you no think sense. about the free agents on the team already that they're going to need to resign. So I, I think it's – Conforto, Conforto yeah. and uh, – Syndergaard. Syndergaard. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a big plus, – plus you have the other pitcher out there, uh, Strowman. Yep. He, he's not going to just – it's not like it's a great draft anyway, or a great class anyway, but you, you can't afford to lose Conforto. He's the heart of that team. Yeah, I think Conforto's going to be a man for life. I think so. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I just don't trust his agent, but I hope he uh, oversees his agent. You yeah, know, he's a, you know yeah, he's a Boris guy, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know Boris. Yeah, I don't really so like Scott Boris. Just, nah, so hopefully he just dictates to Boris. And, uh, you know, right now maybe they could try to do something now. But uh, there's no need for Springer and LeMay. You, you got McNeil, and you got the young shortstop, and you, you still got Rosario. You know, you, you can't have an all-star at every position. That mm-hmm. don't make you a winner. Yeah, I know. And, and, and thanks for the call there, John. That's a great way to end that one. Yeah, if you mean you can't just handpick an all-star team, and then there's got to be a level of camaraderie. Um, that The few times that I've been to the Mets – um, the camaraderie is there. I mean, Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, those are guys that are like real popular in that clubhouse. And like um, Conforto, I, I went, I went on um, 
uh, what was the day? What was the name of the the special week? Oh, Players Weekend, I guess it was, where the Mets were all white. This is back in 2019 when you were allowed to go to games, but the Mets were all white, and then the the Braves wore all black uniforms. I guess I guess it was Players Weekend. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was because uh, I actually did a little article on how the Mets were embracing um, that Players Weekend, and Conforto he was so excited to show me his bat, and he got his his bat personalized and I said oh okay so I walked over with him and he showed me the bat and he I have a picture with it his personalization on his bat said Conforto (laughs) he said oh yeah all the guys make fun of me because uh I'm not too uh but that's funny that's that's funny that's that's a good and by the way Conforto is the Mets player rep by the way for the MLBPA so he is very well respected within that 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 clubhouse um and and also too the next day I went back and I was interviewing him inside the clubhouse, and Jacob Degrom started taking uh, control of the of the camera in the clubhouse there, and he was making faces and jokes behind the camera. So that it's a loose clubhouse, it's a young, mostly young clubhouse. I don't think you need to go ahead and just blow it up and st- try to put all stars at every position there. Uh, yeah, we could probably get one. Uh, now can't get one in right for the update here. I'm sorry. So you guys just hang out there, um, and we will preview. More of this Jets-Browns. I'm surprised we haven't had much Giants talk yet. The Giants are also in a game where they're playing for their livelihoods. The Giants are going up against the mean, mighty Baltimore Ravens, taking the trip down I-95. They are, last I checked, depends on where you look, 10.5, 10, 9.5 point underdogs. Listen, they were bigger underdogs in Seattle, and the Giants went out there and, and, uh, and took down the Seattle Seahawks. The Ravens... Their team, their offense is built much like the offense of the Seattle Seahawks. And now James Bradbury is back for the Giants after being on that COVID list. So, and Daniel Jones is back. And we'll we'll see, though, what kind of Daniel Jones appears behind center, under center. Because if it's not mobile Daniel Jones, if it's one-dimensional throw-the-ball Daniel Jones, the Giants are going to be way better off by uh, plucking him out and inputting Colt McCoy. Because Colt McCoy, although he had a turnover or two, or I think one interception in the other game, he is the safer option there. And then we can talk about now. If the Giants get into the red zone versus a run-heavy team like the Ravens, are they going to take the points? Or are they going to go for it like they did last week? I loved the aggressive move. Maybe not on that first possession in the red zone, but I did love the aggressive move. I told you guys that the Giants had to be aggressive to beat the Browns. They're going to have to be aggressive again. To beat the Ravens. So, more calls after the break. If you're there, hang there. I'll get to you and give you your time. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan. After midnight on The Fan. Hey there, it's your buddies, Cardin and Roberts. As this craziest of all years comes to an end, we just want to wish you and yours a very special Christmas and happy holiday. And before you know it, we'll be back on the radio Monday at 2 o'clock. So check it out. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you Monday at 2, right here, 1019 FM, The Fan. I'm falling to pieces, we need to know everybody if Adam Gase is going to be losing, in fact, losing his job after the Jets lose to the Browns. I mean, I hammered the money line with my $3 bet. I don't know. I think the Jets can pull this one off. No one thought they were going to beat the Rams. I went back to my notes and I gave them 0% chance to beat the Rams that week. Don't get me angry. 
<laughs> we, if the Jets even think about replicating another performance like last Sunday, Danielle, I'm going to snap. Um, well, maybe I'm going to have to ask for a new producer next week then. As a Browns fan, you don't know how long, how long I've waited <laughs> for a potential playoff clinching win tomorrow if either Baltimore or Indianapolis loses and a Browns playoff berth for the first time in decades. Don't. Don't you speak this. Don't do it. Don't speak it into existence. You know it's going to happen. You know it's those Jets. The same old Jets. You know it. You're, you're, you're letting last week affect you. That was a fluke. I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's go back to the phones. 877-337-66 is that number. Let's go to Dennis in South Jersey. Dennis, you're on the fan. Hey, Daniel. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Dennis? What's up? Good. Uh, I want to talk about the Jason Locker floor. I actually seen that around 10 o'clock myself. Yeah, I, and, you know, I tried to close my eyes before the show. I, I think I closed my eyes right at 10. I must have just missed it. Yeah, I, it, it's like kind of right at the top of the, of, of the tweet there. Like you said, if they lose, why does it have to be if they lose? <laughs> I mean, if he's gonna eventually going to go anyway in two weeks, let's just get it done. Like, that's my argument at this point. Like, okay, he won his game. The Lawrence thing doesn't look too promising right now because Jacksonville is going against the Bears. The Bears are still in playoffs. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Colts. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm already, like, I was upset, but I'm already at the point I'm accepting the second round, the second pick in the draft. I'm accepting that, okay? Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I got one of your calls before. I don't think there's a quarterback worth taking in the second pick in the draft. I'm sorry. Yep, I'm sorry. I just don't agree. I don't think, I don't want him to reach. I don't want just you know what if that's the case maybe you'll get somebody that wants to move up and you'll get something and, and move down and, and just build this team to the draft you know that's the only way this team's going to be successful in the future is to build to the draft and add some pieces here and there in free agency that's it I mean I'm not I don't I'm telling you, there's a huge drop off up the Lawrence I, I I know you have to believe that there's a huge drop off and um, but back to the Cleveland game today. Okay. Wait, Dennis. One thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm, before we kind of change subjects here, and I'll let you finish. But, um, yeah, I haven't really studied, and I'll be honest, I have not really studied any real like film and or games of of right. these other quarterbacks. But I, I mentioned uh, the other day that I did see Justin Fields in that bowl game, and uh, let's just say I was not impressed by what uh-huh. he brought to the table. So, well, I don't tell know. me the last Ohio State quarterback that you know. I, I just think Ohio State quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. You know, Ohio, and I, yeah, and Ohio, but Ohio State cornerbacks are studs. It's yeah, funny, funny, yeah, right? Yeah, How funny how that yeah, works, right? Exactly. But to go to the Cleveland game real quick today, yeah. You know, look, I want the Jets. I hate you know. I'm not one of those guys. I I know that if the Jets lose, there's always this one chance of that number one pick. Mm-hmm. But there's a gut that tells me that they're going to actually play pretty close in this game with those receivers being out. Mm-hmm. Something tells me here. That the Jets might be in this game going into, into the fourth quarter, and anything can happen. Terrible. I hate to say it. I know. I don't. The game, I know. The, the game that I thought was going to kill the Jets, I thought they were going to take us right into New England with, mm. with Trevor Lawrence, and Belichick was going to start playing like Jared Sintem, mm. and the Jets were going to win that game, and that was going to be the heartbreaker. I didn't see the Rams game coming. Nobody, Nobody did. Nobody. Game. Right. And that's what kills me. And I even said to a friend of mine the other day, I said, watch them beat Cleveland and Jacksonville win, and we still get screwed over by Belichick. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? I know, I know, I know. You know, but on one, one more thing, and, and, and I'll let you go. Yeah. 
on a future coach for the Jets? Any names jump out at you? Um, <laughs> Names-wise, I mean, Bill Cower. If Bill Cower really and truly is interested, sign him yesterday. Um, you know, I just no no names besides him or out, outside of him, Dennis. And thanks for the call. Um, if in fact the job is open, which it is not, but I don't want to really open this can of worms where everybody's got you know they're picking out names out of a hat and say, oh, this is a good guy, without actually having studied it. But Bill Cower, if Bill Cower um, wants to coach the Jets, by all means, come out and coach the Jets. But more philosophically speaking, I would I for the Jets would want a proven head coach somebody that's going to bring immediate accountability to the team, somebody that's um, got a track record. I, I Like Joe Judge, the name Joe Judge just popped into my mind. Like he, I mean, he wasn't ever a head coach. It doesn't need to have head coach experience. It's just got to have that mentality of like blue-collar team, get to work, like a Tom Thibodeau too, like like, like that. Um, and then at, at, that would be the head coach. And then you can work your way in with, um, these hot shot, quote unquote, offensive and defensive coordinators. I wouldn't really mind that. Um, Eric Bieniemy, I would like to have. Uh, he also sticks out to me. But if you're Eric Bieniemy, do you really want to really come back and coach the Jets after they passed you over to hire Adam Guru? Is that something that you would want? I, I don't know if I would want that. It's the same ownership, right? It's it's the same GM too, isn't it? So I don't know if I would want that. I don't even know if I would come out for an interview if I was Eric Bienme, to be really honest with you guys. And that stinks. That stinks for Jets fans. But then again, on the other hand with him, it's like, okay, how much is it him or how much is it the talent that he's working with? I mean, world-class talent he has also to work with, you know. But when you watch those games, the trickery, the the, the imagination behind those play, I mean, play designs, everything. I mean, it's one of the most creative offenses in the entire league. So I guess at the top of my list, if I had to do it today, right now, it would be Bill Cower. Because what he said was, he said, basically, he paraphrased it saying that of the jobs that are open, basically, he's not interested. But that, so that didn't close the door on anything for me because the Jets are not open yet. So I don't know. Cower, the enemy, sure. Um, but... I do not want the unproven collegiate coach. I I don't want it. There's, you know, it's very different coaching high school, coaching college, and coaching professional multi-million dollar athletes. It's just different. And um, it's real hard to make that jump. And with this Jets team, I don't want to wait for, for that to happen. I want it to be an immediate installation. I know that's a long-winded answer without an actual answer, but you know I did my best at, at right now at December twenty-seventh at three thirty in the morning, and Adam Gay still has a job. So let's go to Lenny in Fort Lauderdale. Lenny, hey, what do you say, Daniel? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got a few things on my mind. Sure. First off, the only thing worse than being a Jet fan is being a Lions fan. <laughs> Boy, that, that team is. Uh, I don't know. Since I'm since I'm a kid, they, they've never been good. I think the best they ever did was nine and seven. They're, 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 they seem to always they're be stuck in, in purgatory there, right on the, the oh, cusp. And, and they're not even in a great division. You know, black and blue, they're pretty good, but, you know, they've never done anything. I mean, and, and as far as the Mets go, first off, uh, you're lucky you don't work with Carton because 
You definitely would have had a drop of uh, Cook Water wanted to show you his bat. <laughs> he, he would have what? He, he'd definitely make a drop oh, of you saying Cook Water wanted to show oh, you his like bat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, my, my Met wish list is uh, Lindor and Springer. I really like Lindor. I like, I like the, uh, the attitude he brings to a team. He really seems to love the game. And uh, the guy's a superstar. I know the the only thing about and and I know they would work it out, but the only thing about Lindor would be for me that when he he's a free agent right after this season, so yeah, I'd even trade for him. I mean, uh, I'm I, not that high on Syndergaard. You know, the guy he's a bit of a prima donna. Uh, seems to always get hurt. Uh, I would make a package and get Lindor in a trade. Trade one of the shortstops with, but Lenny operating with the understanding that he would have to. Redo Sorry. his contract, right? Like absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I and uh, what else? in my Knicks uh, huh. looks like they're in trouble again. The Knicks, they, they put together a good half, and then they forget to play yeah. the second half. They need a point guard, a real point guard. You know, as old as Chris Paul is, wherever that guy goes, he teaches you how to win. And now uh, Phoenix looks like they're going to be pretty tough this year well, in, in control. I know. I just think that quickly, when, when quickly is running the point, I mean, I, yeah. I think they're good things. I mean, Kevin Knox, did you see him in that last preseason game? Quickly at the point, Kevin Knox had three three-pointers in a row. What? Kevin Knox is... Uh, An enigma. I, yeah, I can't stand the he, guy. You know what? Kevin Knox comes in, and, and, and watch this now. I, I noticed this in one of the preseason games, and it's held true ever since. As soon as Kevin Knox comes in, he, he, uh, he, he um, commits a foul every single time. Yeah. Every single time he comes I'm in, sure. pay I'm attention sure. to, to me, he's the second coming of Kenny Walker. Um, another thing, what else did I want to say? Oh, I was wondering, who, who are your favorite radio hosts? My, I'm, a, I'm a big sports radio liker, mm-hmm. and I like mine. You, of course, I love you. <laughs> well, ben Maller, I like him. I like Tony Kornheiser, the guy down here in Fort Lauderdale, who, Jeff DeForest. I just wondering who who you like. Who do you listen to? Or you know, Lenny, this is going to be a shock. You ready for this one? Yeah. All right. You don't listen. Yeah. Well, I listen to like I think Kim Jones here is excellent, a top notch talent. I, I love Kim Jones. I love listening to her. She brings yeah. great great insight. But to be really honest with you, I really don't listen to other sports radio. I know that sounds very crazy, but so that's kind of why I think my show kind of. I'm not bragging or anything, but I just my show is just a little bit different because it's not sort of mirrored after anybody. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy listening to you, listening to all the, all, all the people's takes, and you let them really expand on it. And I just keep hoping they give you more and more time on the air. I hope so too, Lenny. All right. Yeah. Thanks for the call. I appreciate. All it. right. When are we on again? Next week? Yeah. Or? Yep. This time next week. Back to my all weekly. Right. I want you on Carton show to uh, to uh, uh, discuss that baseball spot. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm game. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and don't let him tell you. And you can tell him that Conforto wanted to show you his back. Oh no, no. <laughs> All right, Lenny. Talk to you next All week. Right, Thanks. Okay, bye. Um, I you know, I, but I do I do listen to if I'm, I'm if I'm driving and I know I have a show coming up, I will listen to Moose and Maggie. I will. Um, I you know I just I don't I really don't. I it's just. I don't know. I, it's. I think back. I think back to like when we were kids. My dad loved Mike Francesa, so he would put Mike Francesa in the car. Me and my brother in the backseat, like change it. No, we don't want to hear it. <laughs> like 
it's so crazy how life works because here I am sitting in the Mike Francesa studio doing a sports show that I never thought I would be doing. I thought I'd be a teacher for the rest of my life, and I still could be. Who knows? But this this is fun. Well, I'm riding this out while while it's happening, and, and it's been fun. Um, yeah, so uh, there's that. So I don't know. The Knicks, I, I, it's just hard. I mean, it's just hard when you're – the most promising point guard goes down with a, a non-contact hip injury first. Then I, I couldn't even tell you when the, the OB Toppin injury happened. I watched all that entire game. So there was, I didn't see, you know, the strain occur. I know he was like re- shooting really poorly from the floor. I know that, but it's a strained calf. I'm not sure what the, pro- I'm not a doctor or anything, but a strain to be re not even just reevaluated after seven to ten days and and I don't know not there's like with no timeline to return basically so with a strain I don't know about that um but I'm trying to think who had a good game oh Julius Randall Julius Randall played awesome for the Knicks tonight he had eleven oh, first first he had nine of the Knicks first ten points by the way and then he had eleven of the first nineteen. So Julius Randle playing comfortably, doing doing well, and it's just it, would somebody just please inform the Knicks that there is two, there are two quarters remaining. There is another half remaining in every game that they've played so far. I mean, they had the the uh, the Pacers. They had them. They were up five at the half, sixty six points in the half they scored, which is awesome. And then they just forgot to show back up for the second half. And then this this 76ers game, I don't know what happened after halftime. They held them close, tied after the end of the first quarter, and then they were only they ran within five. My God. And then it just became a blowout. So uh, will the Jets get blown out? Will the Giants get blown out? It is certainly a possibility for both of those teams to get blown out in Week 16 action. Jets are still looking for the first-round draft pick. Giants are still looking for a playoff berth. It's the same narrative week after week. But isn't it fun if you're a Giants fan? Has to be fun. Playoff watching. All right, we'll get to more of your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Brooklyn Nets basketball is right here on The Fan. Be listening tonight at 650 as they wrap up their short road trip against the Charlotte Hornets. Streaming on your smart speaker, mobile device, laptop, and tablet at WFAN.com and on your radio at Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66 WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. Down, down, Good morning, everybody. I'm Danielle McCartan. He is Pat Boyle, answering your phone calls all night, playing DJ. This is like the tone we set for the show, everybody. This is it. This is young. This is fresh. This is this is it. I love it. I'm Danielle McCartan on the fan with you guys until 6 in the morning. Bob Salter comes your way. Then uh, we've been talking a lot about this, this craziness that's happening with the Browns. You know, six players are on their COVID list. We've had some Knicks calls, which is which is always encouraging. I, I encourage the basketball calls. I, I do watch all of the games, I, I pretty much every minute of the games, except for the Knicks tonight. There was really no need to watch the third. I turn, You know, I usually turn the Knicks off about halfway through the third quarter because that's when I know the game is over. And the Nets have been pretty much over the other way at the same time. 
Um, and this is your last chance, I promise, your last chance to get your vote in for my my nameless uh, – I'm just going to retweet this again so it's at the top here. My nameless um, – let me hit retweet again. My nameless shortstop free agencies for the Yankees because there is the potential to be a doomsday if, in fact, DJ LeMayhew does not re-sign with the New York Yankees. It's possible. Because if it hasn't happened yet, then what the heck are we waiting for here, everybody? Let's get it done. That's my opinion. And if you really want something, you go out and you get it. And I'm wondering why the Yankees haven't just gone out and, and done it. That's concerning to me. And that would be concerning to me if I were a Yankee fan, if I were you. Okay, let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. Got a couple open for you. So if you're, if you're debating, go ahead and pick it up. Let's go to Ben in Queens. What's up tonight, Ben? Morning, Coach. I'm going to start a little morose here um, with uh, 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 best wishes and um, a rest in peace to John Huber. Uh, Name isn't familiar to most people, but Luke Harper slash Brody Lee, great wrestler, even better dad and father, and uh, one of the best in-ring performers I ever saw. Passed away last night. You know, I saw briefly, I scrolled by and I saw that. What what was he? WWE? WWF? Well, he was WWE, but uh, recently he was with uh, the new new uh, faction, AEW. Oh, AEW. I know AEW. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, I've seen him on Independence before, uh-huh. and he was great. Always talked to the fans after the matches. He was, he, he, he was one of a kind. He looked, he looked like from the deep woods. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Did it say how he passed away? Uh, they said it was a lung ailment. It Ooh. wasn't related to COVID. Huh. But, you know, when you wrestle and stuff and you get these ailments and you're taking that pounding, yeah. you know, that's that's one thing. They truly shorten our lives to give the fans entertainment. Yeah, as of right now, I'm actually right this second changing boxing off this TV in the studio, by the way. Just so you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, related to certain callers that we won't mention. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so so that's out of the way. Let me get to you. You know who the Knicks are? The Knicks are the Sacramento Kings post Weber. When they thought they could succeed without Weber, and they had like their first fifteen games. I remember this. They the they threw up a stat, and I always remember this stat. They threw up a stat that that Sacramento King team has won every first half that they had, and and I'm looking at ESPN, I'm looking at the stat like, okay, they've won every first half they have, but they're 2-13, and 13, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. means, obviously, winning the first half does not mean... <laughs> and for the Knicks, the, the third quarter is their Waterloo. <laughs> you know, the third... <laughs> Like like halftime happens and they can't bottle whatever they had in the last ten to fifteen minutes before halftime, <laughs> and it takes them like eighteen member, minutes to remember it. That's a b the injuries thing. You know, again we talked about it the last time. We want to see the young lions run. Give them the play. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. 
And I didn't even know Toppin was hurt. I'm listening to it on radio as I'm at work, and I'm like, okay, I haven't heard Toppin in a while. Wait, what? what where is he? And now I'm getting the info. Yeah, he was wearing. He, he introduced him, and everything. it was like quite sad actually when they they had the big old introductions and everything. And uh, he, him, and quickly came out in, in sweats, and they waved to a non-existent crowd. It was like, hmm. yeah. So, so you know that that's 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 another that hey, hey, the news only just gets better. So I'm at work when you hit hit that 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 news wire. And I go like, uh, excuse me, what, wait, what? The 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 Browns got no receivers, the whole receiver room. So I came up with that line. Okay, so who's the James Harden? I just want to speak to him. Yeah. Like like Fox fans know that line because it's it's Peter Griffin loading a shotgun. Go, I'm gonna just talk to him. I just want to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, or, or, or my mother with the wooden spoon that was just like, just I just want to talk to you. And she's got the wooden spoon behind her back. Yeah, yeah, just, just, I, I want to speak to you a second. Like, yeah. Cleveland, oh, my God. I, this is a Jeff fan talking, right? Okay? We we got our win. All right? No, we don't need a second one. <laughs> yeah. right? And this is, this is me talking, you know? I'm the guy that's so positive that the Jags will beat the Bears. I, 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 I said that last week. I puffed my chest out saying that. You had to make this harder. So I need Nick Chubb to carry the ball about 50 times tomorrow. <laughs> I need Baker Mayfield to... Uh, discover long lost scrambling skills. Yeah. I I need them to find for or uh Orlando Jones from the replacements, you know, <laughs> get all the stickum all up on their arm yep. and yell at Gene Hackman, well what are they gonna do? Fire me? You know? Uh, how do you lose the whole receiving core? Oh, it's what? just I guess that they you know, they're in the same room, they're studying together and then <sighs> it just happens. It's just you know I don't know. It's like the Denver when they, the Denver Broncos when they lost the whole quarterback room. Uh, but on that same note, Coach, probably everybody else don't know, but I hit you up with it earlier with, uh, you know, at the Duke women's basketball team. Yes. Carol Larson, I know she lives and breathes basketball. Mm-hmm. That's why I know this was not an easy decision. Of course. This, this, she would want to play through it. She would want to find out. That means it hit them hard. And that is a bad sign for the, the whole ACC. Because, you, I mean, seriously, if, if you, Duke's women's basketball team is one of the tightest run groups in women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And this ain't, the, these girls aren't taking chances. These girls aren't partying every If they have to cancel their whole season, they didn't cancel a game. They didn't say we're going to take a couple of weeks off. Mm-hmm. They canceled the season. Yeah, I know. That is not a good sign. I know. No matter how you look at it. And finally, Coach, I will leave with this. From low to high, I just went like this, and I stood at the screen, and I watched 
uh, as I was working, I stopped to see that game happen. I was like, the Raiders are actually going to give back the game that the Jets gave them. Yeah. Right. And inside, I felt damn good. <laughs> so, so, sorry, John Gruden, but you know, <laughs> no, that 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 loss for me hurt. Even though it helped, it hurt. And to see you guys go down like that today, I was felt with such inner joy. Well, there you go, Ben. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for the, for the time. Talk so to you next enjoy. week. Ben. Always oh, got so many topics, which I love. But now he sets the table for the rest of the call. So let's just go into the Brian in Whitestone. You were next. Brian, what's up? Oh, wow. Okay, I was just listening to that. Oh, so you're in. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm going to tell you the truth. This Amazon thing is very strange, very <laughs> weird. Okay, so. I bet, I bet that game today, and I couldn't get it anywhere. You couldn't find they it? They didn't even have highlights anywhere. They didn't have. There was no information on the game when it was going on. Yeah, so this is the the 49ers Cardinals game was exclusively Correct. on uh, for everybody listening. You know, every, it was exclusively on Amazon Prime. That's it. Correct. And I think I mean they probably own the rights to all the highlights and everything to it too. Probably is my guess. You're 100 right. So I I went on to Twitter. I went to all these things, and they, they didn't release anything. Yeah. Do you do you is have Amazon Prime? Be? Is Google going to buy everything? Is I don't know, Facebook going to buy everything? Because it sucked. Do you, well, I mean, I mean, do you have it? I mean. No, I don't. Uh, I don't have it. Yeah, that's their way of getting you to buy it, right? Can you imagine if you're a 49ers fan or a Cardinals fan? I'm, I'm not one of them. I yeah. just handled it. No, I know. Like, what, yeah. What is going on? Yeah. I couldn't get nothing. Yeah, that's, it was it. I mean, once, I mean, we, I have it, so. I mean, the picture quality was great. I, I kind of enjoyed okay. it. I know, but I know. So this is the first time they put a game on the internet, correct? No, it is not. It's um, They usually do about one or two per season. Um, Pat's looking up the most recent one. They usually do one or two a season, actually, on Amazon Prime, actually. It's the day after Christmas. Everybody's home on their underwear. <laughs> they want to watch the game. Yeah, I know. All right, I know, and especially it was the middle game, too. It wasn't like it was the first one or the last one. They're gonna buy a whole season. Um, when uh, yeah, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't go curse on the air there, Brian. So, um, I think it's uh, it's. I mean, I don't really know anybody that doesn't. I don't want to need to offend you. I was gonna ask you, but I don't know anybody that doesn't have Amazon Prime or can ask the login information for somebody who does have it. So, um, in that sense, um. It's it's their way to I guess reach like a younger demographic I would say, um, I don't know I, I mean I if, to me it's not a big deal to me it's not a big deal to me I was like okay I saw on Twitter it was like oh I saw a tweet that said oh everybody's gonna be wondering where the the Forty Niners Cardinals game is here come all the tweets right and I was like oh and then the the tweet said oh it, by the way it's on Amazon Prime I was like okay. So I got my little smart TV remote, and I was like, okay, Amazon Prime, there it is, whatever time, logged in and watched the game. It, was, it wasn't a huge deal for me. You know, I don't know. I don't know why it's a huge – It's Pat, is it a huge deal? I don't, I don't think it's a huge deal that, that the game was on the internet. I just think it's stupid. It's just their way to try to expand and 
Yeah, they're going to buy probably, what, a game a year? I know they did. I think they did most or all of Thursday Night Football, either last year or the last two years. It was the year but, that they started with, like, those color rush uniforms, I believe. Yeah, but you could still watch the game on TV, but I think this is the second year now where they've bought exclusively the rights to one game, and it's always, like, right after Christmas. I'm pretty sure it was the same thing last year. I, to me, it's just dumb. You know, you're basically trying to hook people in to buy, to, to you know, subscribe to Prime because you can't watch one game a year. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe for that guy, Brian, who, you know, couldn't even not curse on the air or had to dump that. Yeah. Maybe he's one of the people that will, will take that bait. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, if you, if, I don't know. I don't know. It's not that expensive to, to get the account, and that's how they make the money. I get it. I know. And it's a whole big thing. It's a whole big business. I get it. I know. All right. Let's go to Mike in Brooklyn. You're on the fan. Hello. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, too. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I I often tweet at you, so this is the first time I'm calling you. Um, I'm DJ Mills at uh, Twitter. So oh, okay. I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yep. I saw your field goals. How how, and, uh, how was it? Huh? How was it? It's, it's, it's excellent. You need to do more of it. Kick I more. You need to do I think you need to do more videos of you because it, it seems like you're a world-class athlete. So you need to post more videos of your softball, your football, you know, everything, um, basketball. You need to do more of it, actually, seriously. Mike, you know, um, that's funny. And I'm, I'm one, I'm not a world-class athlete, but I am sitting here in a Tobin Heath U.S. Women's National Team t-shirt and she's a world-class athlete. But yeah, you know what? Maybe I will. It's just, it's hard because it's like snowy and cold out, but... Um, yeah, I see if I can get something together. Sure. Yeah, and, and, and also in more, 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 and you know, for me also, more female professional athlete stuff, like w, WNBA stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, you know what, Mike? And, I, I had an idea, and I, and I actually emailed the Liberty. I, I almost wanted to do, not weekly, but, you know, maybe once a month do like a Liberty check-in or something. I would love to. Sabrina Ionescu, I would love to, you know, strike up a partnership with her and get something done on on. WFAN radio with her. Sure. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. We got a little off track, but yeah, the, the Liberty, the Liberty and everything. I mean, you know, they, 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 they I, I know a few people that have worked with them. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty accessible. And I think they also want the, um, the exposure, right? You would think. They want the exposure for sure. Definitely. Yeah. They're, they're definitely open to a lot of that stuff. As am but, I. Um, so let's, let's do it. It's just when the season, you know, we can't really do much now, but so when, but when the season draws near, I would love to strike up a partnership with them. Sure. Yeah, exactly. They got the number one draft pick. They yeah. got the number one athlete. You so know no what? Doubt Mike. On the show. You know what? I was saying before, I've never called anybody a generational talent on this show. Guess what? I actually have, and I called Sabrina Yanescu the, the generational talent. I take that back. I think she is, but we'll see. <laughs> what? Have you um, seen the, the film breakdowns on, on, uh, on ESPN, uh, on the app? The oh, I forget what it's called. When they break down the film. Oh, my God. She's amazing. She is so amazing. I know she's amazing. Like I said, she I think she is a generational talent. Yes, good. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> yeah, no question. No question. I mean, absolutely. No question. She's she's the she's the uh I don't want to say well, the LeBron of the WNBA for sure, without question. For sure. Yeah. Um, no question. Um I'm calling about the Knicks and 
the previous callers uh, were joking about the Knicks, but I think this year, the problem with the Knicks this year has been their injuries. We haven't seen quickly. Quickly was hurt for a half of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Rivers is the mm-hmm. big guy. He's the guy who's supposed to be running everything. He hasn't played yet either. He's got the groin injury. Yep. And then we have we had Toppin. Toppin only played one game. Mm-hmm. So once we get these injuries in order, uh, the Knicks will be more competitive. I agree. The I, Knicks have, because in the in the in the preseason games, they absolutely were were more competitive, more. Uh, energetic, I should say, more defending, more handsy on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Yeah, ab- absolutely. They, they, you know, they're going to be better. And then still in the preseason, we did not see Austin Rivers. And Austin Rivers is once we – the thing with the Knicks, um, the Knicks haven't had a decent point guard in within the last 15 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and – what they're trying to do this year is they couldn't, you know, their first thing was to try to get a a, a, a big free agent signing. They couldn't weren't able do to it. do it, right. but they were able to get um, a free agent point guard who's, you know, halfway decent in Austin Rivers, and they drafted a first round draft guard and quickly. Yeah, so might... they've got two good guys at the point guard, but they haven't played yet. And then people have these jokes, same old Nick. They're not the same old Knicks. They got a guys that they got a couple little injuries. When these guys Welcome back, everybody. It is 4.05 in the morning. We are starting our what is this? Our third hour together, I guess, right? I'm here until six o'clock in the morning or second hour. I'm in like a little bit of a time warp. Um this is my third show of this Christmas, you know, week, weekend here. Triple play, hat trick, whatever you guys are calling it. Um, it's been fun. It's been fun. Um, and it's football Sunday now, everybody. It is our normal time slot. And, you know, you, you are uh, you, your calendar is not wrong. It is football Sunday, week 16 action. Giants are headed down route 95, I-95 to take on the Baltimore Ravens. And when you drive by that stadium, you could kind of look in and see the purple seats every time you drive by, right? It's right there, right next to the highway, um, right over there next to Camden Yards as well. So the Giants are heading down I-95, and the Jets are at home. They are welcoming in the COVID-stricken, well, six Browns are staying behind. So far, six Browns are staying behind because they have been stricken with COVID. I think I saw a tweet from Jarvis Landry, right, as I was trying to close my eyes before, and I think he wrote something like, this is ridiculous. So glad to know that he's – oh, yeah, Pat said it. It was, I'm annoyed, uh, in all caps. That's right. That's what it was. So a good thing that he's asymptomatic, I guess, right? So, you know, there's no escaping this. It is what it is. And um, maybe the Jets pull out a win. And I know Jets fans are probably groaning right now. So if you guys want to get aboard, 877-337-6666 is that phone number. And let's go head down to, ooh, probably warm, Mark in Miami. Good morning, and it's definitely not warm, Miami. It's not? When it hits, no, when it hits 40 to 50 degrees in the morning, like it's been past three mornings, we don't know how to react oh, to it. No, I'm looking at my watch. It's 22 degrees here in New York without the wind chill. So I'll take your weather any day. Oh, wow. <laughs> I want to tell you, you have a very good show. Well, thank you. It, you know, it's on the light side, and I like uh, – the timeline that you give to your callers, Thanks. Um, as opposed to some other 
shows that we won't name that, you know, you get a few seconds to talk and, you know, then you're getting punched in the face and they're cutting you off. Well, as long as it's a good point, as long as it's a nice conversation, we're good. Everybody gets a chance. Right. Um, The reason I'm calling this morning is, Mm -hmm. of course, you see this pandemic, which, which is serious, and you don't know how or why, you know, these players are getting this. But, you know, I'm looking forward to the upcoming baseball season. Me too. And uh, hockey season. And you have to give the NBA and hockey a lot of credit for the way that they uh, handled this uh, during their shortened seasons. And the WNBA, you know, not don't forget. Having, don't forget the WNBA. You know, you know, not having players, you know, come up with this. But the reason why I'm calling is because, you know, some of these players that, you know, they're sitting up in uh, their high thrones drinking champagne cocktails to say, well, you know, being away from the family is, is, is a big sacrifice. Put the news on in the morning and see people standing in line 15 hours to get a little bit of food to eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're and, saying. And, and, and these guys are, you know, eating whatever they want on a silver platter. I got you. you yeah, know, yeah. No, I, I mean, I got you. So, yes, you there's know, that. And, and that just, it, it really, it really annoys me. Well, it's, it's um, just, it's just the, the nature of the beast. Well, it's, it's the wealth and equity. It's, it's a whole bunch of factors you know, in that. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the giant game today. Sure. You know, I, I like the direction the team is going in. Mm-hmm. Okay. People can't be, you know, expecting this team to have made, you know, a serious playoff run. I think after this season where uh, Coach Judge has, uh, you know, a, another year of a training camp and the right amount of time to, you know, put this, put his stamp on this team. I think they are going to really, really be um, competitive, you know, within the next couple of years. And and, and, and not to mention miracles. the fact, and right, and not to mention the fact that Judge didn't even have a draft class with the Giants just yet. So I'd be curious to see what him and Gettleman can do together. And 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 Giants fans, it's like, did you really think your team was going to be a playoff team when this season started? I don't think there's a Giants fan that would answer yes. Am I correct? Correct. I mean, I mean, look, the wins are are great, you know, and you really have to look, you know, reality is, look, this team is right now, you know, it's overachieving, I think, for what's going on with the team. I agree. And I think after uh, he has this offseason to look at players and look for players to, you know, obtain and put his stamp on the team during another training camp, which He'll have more time. I like him because he's a no-nonsense kind of guy. I like that, too. But he also relates to his players. Yes. Did you see the, the drill where they were hosing him down in the in the training facility? It was the fumble drill. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. See, and then, I, and then I, he made the I, bet like with that. Evan Ingram, and then he had to wear like something to the press conference or something like that. That's totally relatable. Yeah, yep. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a lighter a lighter side kind of parcel. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. And you even know, any lighter side of Tom Coughlin too, even. Oh, oh God. Tom Coughlin. He was a God. 
I cannot believe you know they let saying? him go at that point. They, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I think he and, should have stayed on. You know, and the bottom line is, I don't care what anybody says. I've been a, a giant fan since they played in the old Yankee Stadium. Okay, so mm-hmm. I've been through some real rough times where the, the best part of the game was the tailgate party. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let me tell you what. People never really appreciated what we got out of Eli Manning. Yeah, I know. You know, they they took it for granted. And, you know, they gave him the digs, but I'm going to tell you what. It was a class act from day one to his last day. You know, a yep. true giant. You know, and Eli Manning does all that work, which just popped into my mind with the, the Tackle Kids Cancer over there in Hackettech Hospital and... I actually know, um, when you watch the commercials, I actually know the family of one of the kids in those commercials with him. So, yeah, and, and from all their accounts, he, she, she's done more commercials with him um, than just one. And by all accounts, Eli Manning is a gentleman and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, even even Along off the cameras. The whole, yep. the whole Manning family. Yep. You know, it comes from it comes from the roots and the raising up and the whole thing. Yeah, are you on now? What What is your schedule? Yeah, so now I'm just going to be regularly in my regular spot. So it's like Saturday, you know, tonight, Saturday nights into Sundays, two to six. Great. I will definitely give you uh, a ring next week. I really like your show. I appreciate and, that, Mark. And uh, I like the knowledge that you have about the sports. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Well, then we'll talk next week. Thank you. All right. Bye. Um. And, uh, you know, technically, we, Pat and I were just talking to technically, um, Joe Judge was hired in, right in January. Technically, he had was part of a draft. Yeah. But I would like to see now, you know, knowing what he knows about this team, you know, so intricately having coached them for a whole entire season, which direction he thinks they should go. In other words, that's kind of what I'm saying here. So, all right, let's go to Mark in Sherman Oaks. Oaks I'm sorry. Sherman Oaks. Mark, you're on the fan. Hey, what's up, Daniel? Thanks what's for up? taking my call. Of course. So right now he's talking about Eli Manning. Remember, he said at this press conference, which got me, like, so emotional. He said, once a giant, always a giant. Mm-hmm. And then he said, for me, it's only a giant. Yep. I was like, wow. Yep. Like, that was like – because, you know, Wellington Moore used to say that. Once a giant, always a giant. Yeah. So that just got me. I was like, wow, because – you know, he spent his whole career there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and how many you other? Know, and you know, and that's a good point too, because how many other players can you really look at and say, like, okay, they they had the loyalty to spend their entire career in one oh, place I mean, across Eli all sports. Manning, yeah, Eli Manning's last couple of years, the Giants absolutely did him super dirty in terms of like not bringing in players, and he still never complained. Yep, you know, anything. You know, he he had the start streak. You know, everything. Yeah, how about when really they brought good. Geno Smith of all people in to start over him? Yeah, I mean, come I on. I couldn't believe it. Well, that was that was freaking McAdoo. He's he's he's. He, he, I don't even want to talk about him, but um, <laughs> I know I was reading something earlier about how supposedly the Giants are not sold on Gettleman, and they might can him after the year. I saw a couple. Um, of, I saw a couple tweets about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't agree with it. Listen, listen. I do not want Nick Casario. Have you seen New England's drafts? They are atrocious. Yeah, that's that's the hot name, and for everybody listening, that that's the new hot name that would be number one on the list like, to replace Gettleman. I wanted Luis Riddick. That's what I wanted. Yeah, he, I, I really liked him a lot. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. But the whole thing in regards to Gettleman, I mean, 
what about Leonard Williams? Huh? I mean, this guy has turned into a stud. I mean, I don't know about signing him to a mega contract, but, mm-hmm. you know, to give up a third-round pick, guys, I think nine and a half sacks, that's absolutely decent. I think Bradbury and Blake Martinez, I think NFL.com rated them as the best free agent signings of 2020. I saw that too, yep. You know, uh, those those players absolutely transformed the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's hitting him on Barkley over a quarterback, but let's be real here. Sam Darnold wouldn't have helped this team at all anyway. Like, yeah, he wouldn't have. Right. And here's he the other thing, too. At, at the time, it was Eli Manning, and they were still in Eli Manning mode. They were still in win-now mode. And what did they need? They needed a running back. That's what that's yeah. – everybody can think now it, it, back. I mean, and, yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. Like, I yeah, loved no. it. He yeah. had a great year. Yep. He has injuries, but he's definitely a monumental piece moving forward. Don't know if the Giants are going to pay the running backs. I'm kind of against paying running backs big contracts, especially yeah. with injuries. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sold on that. But his draft class this year has – turned into be, you know, unbelievable. Pretty good, Darnie right? Holmes and you got, yeah, Matt Part, and you got, you know, Thomas has played a little bit better, but, yep. And you know. How about the fact, and go back to, how about Odell Beckham Jr., right? The most popular polarizing player here in New York. Tra- flipped him, and, and now he's got your bro peppers and, and a bunch of other stuff And for Dexter him. Lawrence, exactly. Right. So I mean, come like, on. Yeah, no, he, he, he definitely made a little bit of good moves. Like, I want to keep him around for another year. I, I definitely do. I think that. I think another year. Um, when you were be, saying yep. that, mm-hmm. that the Giants, uh, I didn't think the Giants would be a playoff team. I looked at the schedule and I told my dad, I said, eight wins. Easy, eight wins. Really? A Giants should have seven wins right now. 21-10 against the Eagles. Yeah, I know. 50 points against the, against the Cowboys. Gave up 14 points on yeah. the board. The Bears game. I know. A lot the of The Bears game, down. the 17-9 at the one-yard line. Comes yep. forth the one. Like, come on. Like, I know. You easily should have eight wins. Joe Judge should be coach of the year at that point if yeah. they get to that point. Yeah. So, well, um, yeah, I mean, Mark, I good call. I mean, yeah, very informative. I, you obviously know what you're talking about. I think it, it, when yeah. people look at Dave Gettleman from, like, the surface, they, they want to fire him. But when you dig a little bit deeper, you could see that the moves that he's made, he's transformed this team. He definitely has. Like, I mean, even regards with Daniel Jones, the Giants wanted Dwayne Haskins. How'd that turn out? Yeah, how did that like, turn out? How did that turn out? Like, every, And Gettleman even said, well, you know, we, we didn't want to – the reason we picked Jones because – Haskins would have been there. That's a bunch of malarkey. Like he, he wanted Jones, and when you want a quarterback, you go up and you get him, yep. regardless of whatever it is. You do it if you believe that quarterback is going to be legit. Um, I feel that now the Giants need a receiver. Yes. Um, I'm the only thing that I am hating on Gelman is Golden Tate. I think that that move was just a retaliatory move for a wide receiver that they needed because they lost Beckham. Uh, you know I mean? Maybe, yeah, maybe, sure. And Mark, thanks for the call. That could, that could have been that. Okay, but again, we right in the open we talked about you know name me one GM that's perfect. And I'm yes, he's made mistakes. You know, but it is what it is. It's the nature of the game. I think at this point in time, when you really look back at his tenure, that Dave Gettleman has made um, more hits than misses at this point in time. And speaking of trading up to quarterbacks, will Sam Darnold be the quarterback of the Jets next year? We could debate that next. I say yes, unless it's Trevor Lawrence, of course. But uh, if it's not Trevor Lawrence, I think it's Sam Darnold, and I think you build around him. We could talk about that after the break. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. Daniel McCartan on the fan. Hey there, it's your buddies, Cardin Roberts. As this craziest of all years comes to an end, we just want to wish you and yours a very special Christmas and happy holiday. And before you know it, we'll be back on the radio Monday at 2 o'clock. So check it out. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you Monday at 2, right here, 1019 FM, The Fan. No, you are not at the Jersey Shore. You're here with me. I'm a carton after midnight on The Fan. 
taking you guys till 6 in the morning. DJ Pat, Fat Boyle on the ones and twos. You actually look like a real DJ. You look like Pauly D back there. <laughs> uh, that's a huge compliment. I'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> um, so we've been talking a lot about football, um, but I, I still have not revealed the the winners of the, the Twitter poll here of uh, the, the nameless shortstop. So before we do that, let's talk some Mets because I got a call on here. Vernon wants to talk about the Mets. So what can the Mets do in free agency? Um, their next move has to be George Springer. And I think they would be done after that. And I know Mets fans want the whole boatload, but I think knowing the contracts that they have to honor moving forward, I think you want, if you're a Mets fan, I think you want um, Michael Conforto to be a Met for life. I think Syndergaard, we'll see how he does this season and then see if they'll offer him money after that. But Conforto would be number one. So I think you don't want to, t- like like the Yankees didn't tie themselves up with Giancarlo Stanton, I don't think you want to tie yourself up with anybody um, really long-term. I think George Springer would be that guy. So, Vernon in Manhattan, you're on the fan. How you doing? Uh, basically, looking at the Mets, <clears throat> I think we need more pull towards the bullpen. Um, that has been our thorn in the Mets' side. Because basically, when the Mets uh, take a lead and the bullpen comes in, they give up all the I know, I know. But see, Edwin Diaz, I think he's going to do a little bit better this year. I mean, I would like to see Edwin Diaz in a, in a role where he is not the closer. I think he the pressure gets to him. And I think I would put him as like a setup man, in my opinion, just so he well, so it doesn't blow. Yeah, well, one time I heard a caller call in and said to put Noah Syndergaard as into the bullpen. Yeah, that was the other night. I don't like the idea. Yeah, I don't like it either. That's a big mistake. Think about Jobber Chamberlain. He was ruined. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes when you take a player out of normal routine area where and habits, they play, oh yeah, yeah, backfire. They, they will have problems. And um, one of the things about Wally Backman was, I mean, they get, didn't give him a chance to become the manager with the Mets, and because of Sandy Olsen. So the thing was, Wally was complaining, and he was trying to tell the Mets, "You're putting these players." different positions that they don't play. And this is also causing the Mets for problems back then. So I was hoping that they would bring in Wally Backman, but they didn't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that's that how it goes. Wrong. Sometimes that's yeah. how it goes. <laughs> I have a question to ask you. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, how do you, can one person make a triple play in baseball without the help of his other players? Can this be done? Yes. Okay, give me an example. Um, I just what popped into my mind was uh-huh. a. It would be it would ha- it would have to include a, a base running mistake, but say there's a pop up to let's just say third base, so the third baseman catches it. That's one out, and there's okay first and third to for, okay first and third, no outs, fly uh-huh. ball. Let's say the uh, the third baseman catches it. That's okay. w- one out. Spins around, tags the runner off the base, two outs, and uh-huh. f- fires to first base and hopefully gets that runner in time. Three outs. No, he, he cannot release the ball. He has to get the three outs with that one baseball. Oh, with the now, one ball. Oh, I didn't know that yeah. was a stipulation. Okay. Um, yeah. hmm. Well, there's got to be a base running error, doesn't there have to be? No error. All right, so I'll tell you, I won't keep you in suspense. I know. I, I, I want to figure this out, though. I'm like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> well, if you still want to figure it out, I'll listen to you. If not, I'll give you the answer. 
No, go ahead. Just give the answer because we have a, okay. we have the uh, the beatboxing coming up. I could do this all night. <laughs> okay. So the thing was, I was out at a Mets game. Um, the Mets were playing the Phillies. Bottom of the ninth, the Mets were losing. They had runners on first and second, like you said, it has to be runners there. Mm-hmm. So runners was on first and second, and all of a sudden, one of the Mets batters hit a line drive to the shortstop. Shortstop caught the ball, one out. The run on second started running towards third. Right, tagged He him. ran over and stepped on second, two outs. Mm-hmm. The run on first was trying to still, I mean, go to second. He tagged him before he get to second, three outs, oh. triple play. Well, that's kind of like a base running error, too, because the runner running from first to second didn't stop. Well, the thing is because the ball was hit so fast and straight. Right. He, he ran off first, not trying to steal the base, but he figured he had to advance. Because now that a batter's coming down from the plate to the first base. But you got to see it. You got to see line drives through the infield there, Vernon. That's what I tell my my players. See them through. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the, before I go, here's the last thing I'll tell you. Okay. Your quiz. In 1986, the World Series. Okay. If I wasn't born in 86, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but you've seen videotapes. <laughs> Go ahead. In 1986, in the World Series, this fan did something that was so unusual that it caught the eye of the world. He got arrested, and um, Ron Darling slapped him hand five as the police escorted him into the Mets dugout. Mm-hmm. What did this Mets fan do? He ran onto the field, probably with no clothes on. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you, rem- you will remember this. He parachuted into the World Series. What? I didn't had, know that. You didn't know that? No. Oh. Famous. It... It's so famous. And as he's coming down, he had a sign on his back that says, Go Mets. And as he came down, the crowds cheered. This took place at Shea Stadium. <laughs> the police came and grabbed him. i got the video walked... right here. I'm going to watch it during the break. <laughs> yeah, you see it. And he came down. The police grabbed him as he was escorting into the Mets dugout. Ron Donnelly is sitting on the side, and as he comes down and is arrested, brought in, Ron Donnelly slaps some hand five. <laughs> so th- check it out. It's the most famous play by a Mets fan. Right. Have a nice day. <laughs> Thanks, Vern. I appreciate that. Oh, uh, yeah, I am pulling it up, and I'm just going to hit pause on that video right here um, right before we get to the break here. So um, w- with that said, I just checked my email, too, as he was talking. I do not have an email from Jason Lockenfora, but I have to tell you guys that today I had to do a pre-recording of this beatboxing, which is coming up at 4.38, um, because it it was hard. I mean, Jason Lockenfora, the guy works 24 hours a day. I'm surprised he hasn't answered me, actually. So we had to find a mutual time for all three of us. So today we pre-recorded it at, uh, what was it, 1 o'clock this afternoon. We pre-recorded it. So just in case you guys are like, you didn't ask him about the tweet. That's why I didn't ask him about the tweet, because it's it's not live tonight. So, all right. So that is coming up at 440. That's Jason LaConfora versus Madeline Burke. And, um, you know, if you don't follow, I know uh, Jason LaConfora has like 555,000 followers, but uh, something like that. I didn't check or anything. But uh, if you're looking for a good follow, uh, Madeline Burke is great. Um, she and Bre- last week when I had on Brandon London doing the beatboxing, you probably liked him too. So Brandon London TV, I think his, I think hers is just, I think it's just Madeline Burke. Um, but 
they are they're they're both great. They're both great follows, and you've seen her on TV. She does the post game shows. Um, she does a bunch of different stuff with the Giants, film breakdowns, and everything. So, um, really good guess. So, before I, we get to that, I do want to explain uh, finally give you the answer here. So. We'll start off with a tweet from Chris Attenacci. I don't know if you're still awake, but Chris said, as good as DJ LeMayu has been for the Yankees, Francisco Lindor, Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, and Javier Baez are free agents after next season. So there could be other options. And my tweet back to him was like, okay, but the Yankees window is closing faster than people want to sort of admit. So if DJ LeMayu does not resign with the Yankees, what is the contingency plan? What is the backup plan? Well, the infield... The ideal infield, on my opinion, in my thought, would look like first base, Luke Voigt, second base, Glaber Torres, slide him back over there. Short, I'll go back to the shortstop. Third base would be Gio Urshela, and shortstop would be Didi Gregorius. That would be my top choice because it puts Torres back at his best defensive position, second base, and brings in a lefty bat to the lineup, Didi Gregorius, and one that knows that short porch well. So... Um, I know the Yankees would miss DJ LeMahieu and his 364 batting average and a 421 on base percentage, both above career averages last season, by the way, and more. I mean, he's the whole package. You guys know that. If you listen to my show, if you watch the games, you know it. Basically how his entire approach at the plate is fundamentally different in a direct contrast with, with what the other Yankees are doing, launch angles versus strikeout in home run ratios, et cetera, right? He sprays the ball over through the hits for average. We get it. So if it's five years at 110 million is what is being sought, according to NJ.com, I'm from New Jersey. So, so that puts it at about maybe $22 million annually, right? So the Yankees are hesitant at that price point. So I did the little, I, I uploaded the graphic that I'm about to kind of present to you guys right now. And the total on the votes was, and let me just make sure none of these, New notifications are votes, and they are not. So, the top choice in the graphic was D.D. Gregorius. Oh, look at that. We have a tie. <laughs> well, my vote then goes to D.D. Gregorius. So, I guess um, then your top choice would be D.D. Gregorius, including my vote. The middle player was Angelton Simmons. That's the middle vote. And then the bottom vote, which only got two, was Marcus Simeon. So, I think Yankee fans were con- a little bit uh, confused between, not confused, but, you know, picking between Didi or Simmons. Didi the left-hander, Simmons the right-hander. And they, uh, they're they pretty much at the, all at the same price point. Both Didi and Andrewton Simmons had over career highs in batting average and on-base percentage in the shortened season. When you look at, though, strikeout rates, the K rate, Didi Gregorius does not, he strikes out, half the time that Simmons does. Fielding percentages are basically equal. Walk rate is exactly equal between Didi Gregorius and Simmons. And here's another standout thing. Gregorius had 10 home runs in 60 games. Simmons only played 30. That's the first thing. Zero home runs in those 30. RBIs, if you prorated Simmons's, it would be 20 RBIs. Gregorius, 40. So what I'm trying to say is this. Bring back DJ. Uh, uh, DJ LeMahieu, number one, yes. If it's not DJ, DJ Gregorius has to be the backup plan, the contingency plan, I think. 
because of the one, the familiarity factor, that's number one. And two, the fact that he has a strikeout rate that is out of these three guys, which I think are the three top guys, it's 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 so low. And that could potentially sort of mitigate the loss of DJ LeMayhew's hit for average. So yeah, you're missing, you know, about seventy five points on a batting average, you know, but but if DJ LeMayhew is not coming back, you have to start to look elsewhere. And I would not really do it via trade. I would not go after Lindor. I wouldn't really try and shuffle around anything else. Uh, you know, people are trying to ship off Gio Urshela. Okay, but he, you know, he's got a good glove, a golden glove. Maybe should I add to that? At least he was a finalist. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack, but I think Marcus Simeon, if in fact he does end up leaving where he is now, he had a down year. He strikes out too much, for my opinion, and, and so does Simmons. Simmons strikes out the K rate for Simmons is 0.36 per you know per plate. So he strikes out 0.36. So th- that's a lot. Didier Gregorius is at 0.14. And I, I know I sound like a big nerd right now. I am a big nerd when it comes to this. Because I don't like to be wrong. You know? I, I do these these hard looks, these deep dives, because I don't like to be wrong. Obviously, defensively, too, they're going to miss DJ LeMahieu because he has the best fielding percentage out of any of the guys mentioned, any of them, including Glaber Torres. Glaber, Didi, Anderson Simmons, all of them. So you would miss that, too. Torres would be a downgrade from LeMahieu at second base by 22 points on a fielding percentage. But Gregorius, then, would be 29 points higher than Torres at shortstop in terms of fielding percentage. I know. Lots to unpack there. I know. But, you know, by the way, I know it's the 20th, we're four hours into the 27th, but on the 26th, I mentioned this in the open that the Yankees purchased the contract of Babe Ruth from the Red Sox for $25,000 up front and another three installments of $25,000 over the next three years. So hopefully, if you're a Yankees fan, you're hoping that the Yankees give uh, DJ LeMayhew the same quan, not just respect. I used to have a coworker that said, don't show me the money, show me the quan. Show me the Quan with DJ LeMahieu. We'll see what happens. Up next, beatboxing, Jason Lockenfora taking on Madeline Burke. I'm Daniel McCartan on The Fan. Welcome to Beatboxing, where beat reporters from each team square off inside your listening device. Let's meet this week's contenders. I like the way you work, kid. No diggity. I got the bag. Representing the visiting New York Giants is Madeline Burke. You've seen her on TV, TV host for the New York Giants. Well, welcome to the Terradome. And holding down the fort for the Baltimore Ravens, Jason LaConfora, radio host at 105.7 The Fan, our WFAN sister station down there in Baltimore. Everybody, let's have a good, clean fight. Round one, my favorite question, or one of them, is the emoji. Jason, let's start with you. Choose and explain one emoji, not a GIF or GIF, whatever, to explain your team at this very moment in time. Wow. Is there one like where the little guy is like shrugging his shoulders, kind of like, I don't know what's going on? I think you probably know the one I'm talking about. I would use that because the, the Ravens are at a critical juncture here where they could go into January with five straight wins. 
They could be the proverbial team no one in the AFC wants to face. They could have a 23-year-old playing like an MVP again. They could be far and away the best team rushing the football in the NFL. Uh, and they could be not in the playoffs because 11-5 and five is not guaranteed to be enough in the wacky AFC, although three teams may not combine to win 11 games in the NFC least. Oh, body blow. Oh, uppercut right at the end. 45 seconds. Ring the bell. <laughs> All right, Madeline, you're up. One emoji to describe the Giants right now. Shots fired. All right, well, I'm going to go with the prayer hands emoji because the Giants need to have some prayers up this weekend. First of all, there are a lot of scenarios in which the Giants uh, need things to go exactly right for them to even make the postseason. If they win this game, they're still in the hunt. If they lose this game, they need Dallas to beat Philly and they need Washington to lose their the last two games of the season. There's a lot at stake here, but also the Giants defense is probably sitting there praying for the offense to do something because the defense has been on the field, has been making plays, has been keeping this Giants team in the mix, but the offense needs to get into the end zone, needs to score, needs to put some points on the board to give this Giants team a chance. So they are praying for that. Round two, perceived weaknesses. So Madeline, we'll start you this round. What is the perceived weakness in your opponent this week the Baltimore Ravens gosh you know this was a very hard question because Baltimore Ravens is a really a balanced team they've got a lot of success recently they've got some inconsistency obviously this season but I think that their perceived weakness what I'm going to go with here is the pass defense they're coming off a game in which the Ravens allowed Gardner Minshew to pass for two touchdowns, 22 of 29, despite the fact that he got hit five times. So yes, the Giants have allowed 42 sacks this season, but if they can get the passing game going, if they can get the ball downfield, I think that is a matchup that they can take advantage of. And also just the matchup as a whole, talking about, hey, you know what, if this Giants run defense can stop the Ravens run offense, that'll be a, a positive for the Giants over here. Jason, what is the perceived weakness of the New York football Giants? Boy, pretty much anything involved with <laughs> offense that doesn't include running the ball, where they're, you know, a pretty steady league average. But I think, what, quarterbacks are combined for nine touchdown passes and 10 interceptions all year. Perception, I think, is reality there. Uh, they don't push the ball downfield that much. I mean, what are they, bottom three in the league in first downs, bottom three in the league in offensive points scored? 17 points a game, bottom of the league and explosion plays. They're pretty limited. I mean, look, on their day with with, with Gallman and, and Alfred Morris, and I know that's not Saquon, can they still grind you out a little bit? Yeah, they can, but throwing the ball, not so much. I would agree, though, that the Ravens' defense is fugazi. I mean, they look really good against bad teams, and they look really bad against good teams. Right, which this week it could go either way. Yeah. Round three, Logan Ryan is a proponent of starting fast this week against the Ravens and cites the fact that Baltimore, with the top rushing defense, which we kind of alluded to already, is built to play with a lead. So if and when the Giants, I've been taking phone calls on this whole week, if and when the Giants get into the red zone early this week, should they be taking the points or should they resurrect the go-for-it mentality they had against the Browns. Jason Lockenfora, you're up first. I like the go-for-it mentality in general, but if that's who you are, then that needs to be who you are on fourth and four from midfield as well, right? Instead of punting. But I would say, given the Giants' situation at quarterback and how healthy is Daniel Jones, is he really Daniel Jones? Is he still going to really be Daniel Jones in the second half if, if he is uh, getting smacked around a little bit? I think on the road with a non-explosive offense and issues at quarterback against a team that is scoring 40 points 
the last few weeks, but has its deficiencies and can't play from behind. I'm taking the points and I'm going to challenge Lamar to play from behind as much as I can. Madeline, you, are you taking the points or are you going for it? You know, I think they do need to get aggressive. I mean, this is a Baltimore team that scored 34 or more points in the last three straight games, but do I think they need to go for a special teams trick play on the opening Ooh. drive? Probably not. You know, and Joe Judge said earlier this week, hey, you know what? If we would have converted, I'm a genius. If we didn't, you know, it's a moronic call. And I think that's how it always goes in coaching. You know, you take some risks and if it goes out well, it's, oh my gosh, this man is brilliant. And if it doesn't, not so much. But you know what? In that first drive, you know, settle for a field goal. Take the points, especially when the opponent hasn't scored yet. Trust your defense. And the next time you get down there, get aggressive, but get aggressive in a way that is comfortable to you get aggressive in running the ball have Wayne Gallman take it over the line like we saw that second attempt it didn't quite get there but it was close and it was a little cleaner than uh, what we saw with that uh, special teams fake right there the triple covered Nick Gates that's where the pass went to and oh, Greg Cano was wide open on that play I gotta say I know he was. <laughs> Round four. So speaking of the rushing attack, and we're going to start with you, Madeline, for this one. The Giants were able to stave off the Browns ground game last week, holding them to their fourth least amount of team rushing yards this season, which is pretty big. That's, that's a big running team. Only to be beat, though, by Baker Mayfield's arm. Should the general defensive blueprint remain the same, you know, from last week to this week? And can Lamar's arm, in fact, beat the Giants in the same way that Baker's did? Can Lamar's arm beat them? Absolutely. I mean, last week he threw for 243 yards, three touchdowns, and he took a bathroom break. I mean, we gotta we can't forget about that as well. I mean, Baker Mayfield threw for almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, but one difference this week is the Giants are going to have Pro Bowler James Bradbury back in the fold. That'll make a huge difference. Of course, he missed last Last week with a close contact COVID high risk, but he was not sick. He is healthy. He is ready to get back on the field and he's coming out there after his very first Pro Bowl nod. So this guy is going to be playing with some pride, going to be playing, able to shut down that back end of the field. And hopefully if this can be a two pronged effect, if the Giants can get some pressure on Lamar Jackson and get those sacks and those takeaways back up, this will be a little bit more successful. Jason, Baker Mayfield torched the Giants. You expecting the same from Lamar Jackson this weekend? I think Lamar will have a big game. I don't think it will look exactly or maybe even all that similar to what Baker did because Lamar is just a different athlete. And I do think the Giants will shut down traditional run games. I'm fascinated to see, though, the mesh point game, the RPO game, uh, a speed back like J.K. Dobbins uh, attacking them um, on sprint plays off of the end, on on pitch plays. Um, some of the way that Greg Roman gets creative and multiple in the run game. Boy, it's hard to prepare for that when you don't see it that often. Uh, Mark Ingram probably won't even be up for this game. It's really a changing of the guard. And when Dobbins and Lamar are on the field together in, in some of these RPO looks right now, it is really difficult to defend. And Lamar's as confident passing the ball right now as he's been all year. So I expect to see MVP Lamar. Round five in their most recent two losses. And Jason Lockenfora, we'll start with you. In their most recent two losses, the Giants have averaged only 76 yards on the ground. And also in those two losses, the Giants have a minus three turnover differential. So since we are the flagship station for the New York Giants here at The Fan, which would be a more important key to a Giants victory, a strong ground game or a game with zero or limited turnovers? You, you can't turn the ball over against this Ravens team right now. I, I, I think that would obviously be a recipe for disaster. And Daniel Jones can't hold the ball too long. He can't try to do too much. The Ravens pass rush has not been 
great by any stretch of the imagination, but guys like Matt Judon, guys like Yannick Ngak. So yeah, they have guys who can get home if you give them sufficient opportunity. Running the ball, I don't. I wouldn't look at yards as much as I would look at the number of rushes plus completed passes. If they can manage the game, if they can sustain things, doesn't have to be pretty or sexy, but I, I think that's something that the Giants have to be mindful of. Madeline Burke, are you rooting for a game with a lot of uh, rushing yards for the Giants or with zero or limited turnovers? I mean, I got to say, getting the run game going is imperative for any success in the Giants offense. But if I'm choosing between these two, protect the ball. I'm going to say turnovers is 100% the priority here. The defense is the backbone of this Giants team. And they have been getting gassed with the amount of time that they've been on the field. You know, we got to give these guys a break. Let that offense get a drive going. And don't give the ball right back on a turnover, on a fumble, on a sloppy play. Like Jason said, too, getting that run game going is important. And what we saw last week is the Giants kind of went away from that running game. And that is going to be something that is critical to getting that offense down the field. Daniel Jones, too, it remains to be seen if he's going to be a shell of himself or if he's going to be the Daniel Jones that is up there in the conversation with Lamar Jackson and the ability to lead his team in rushing yards and the ability to make plays with his legs and and the ability to extend it and avoid getting taken down. And as long as he can hold on to the ball like he did in that winning stretch for a little bit, this will be key for this Giants team. Round six, what is, for maybe even just the average viewer, what is your key matchup to watch this week? Key matchup overall, I'm going to go with the trenches. I mean, obviously, the Giants offensive line has been up and down. We've seen some of those young guys getting plays and, and seeing some of these defensive lines that they've been going up against. I mean, Bud Dupree, Aaron Donald, some of the forces in this league, Andrew Thomas and Shane Lemieux have been getting their feet wet right away, kind of baptism by fire facing some, and they've seen some ups and downs. But if the Giants can hold their own on the offensive line, protect the quarterback, but also the defense. I mean, they can get to Lamar Jackson if they can take him down. I mean, if he's had four or more seconds to hold the ball to prepare for a throw, he's got a perfect quarterback rating. Giants defense has to close in on him. We've got to see Dalvin Tomlinson. We've got to see Dexter Lawrence playing like the unit they have that we have seen them able to play and get to the quarterback this week. I'm going to say key matchup for uh, for this game is Mark Andrews. Uh, Hollywood Brown, the one sort of established outside receiver the Ravens have, uh, has been playing great lately, but has missed some practice time. I'm not sure if he's going to play. And if he does, I think Bradbury can handle him. And I think they'll tell Lamar, don't mess with that. Mark Andrews, though, is the guy who makes this thing go. Uh, he got snubbed in the Pro Bowl, but he is Lamar's go-to guy. I don't love the Giants against tight ends. Opposing QBs have a QB rating of 107.6. Throwing in tight ends against the Giants, they're completing over 71% of their passes to tight ends. The Giants have not intercepted any of the 94 attempts that have gone to tight ends against them this year. And you don't play a lot of great move tight ends, right? The Bengals don't have any. The Cardinals don't have any. Seattle doesn't run their offense through tight ends. You played San Francisco when Kittle was hurt. Last week, Baker Mayfield, 89, 82 yards and a TD thrown to tight ends. Mark Andrews will get more than that himself. That was might have been a tradition unlike any other. It's Giants defense getting killed by tight ends year in and year out, no matter who's on the field. It's just how it goes. Well, that was, I think that might have been our best round so far. And finally, round seven. Last I checked, the Giants are 10 and a half point underdog. Kind of depends on where you look. We could still see some fluctuation even still, but um, let's start with you, Jason Lockenfora. Who wins this game and how does it play out? I don't think this is like the Ravens games have been recently where Dallas was pretty much cooked at halftime. You've had Jacksonville last week 
was over at the end of the first quarter. I think this is a football game, but I, I think in the second half, the Ravens start to grind down and wear out that Giants defense. And I just have real reservations about the Giants moving the ball consistently right now. So I've been kind of thinking 27, 13, something like that. Again, I don't see the Ravens cruising to a 40 burger, which has been the norm for that offense. It'll be more of a struggle, but I just have a difficult time seeing the Giants in the end persevering in this one. All right, Madeline, how does this game play out? First of all, Jason, I respect that you respect the Giants defense enough to say, you know what, this team is not going to give up a 40 ball over here. And I do agree. I think that this is going to be a struggle. I think this is going to be a toughly contested game. I can't pick the Ravens because if the Giants do pull this one out, I just don't want to be on WFA and saying that the Ravens are going to win this game. I do think the Giants have a chance. I mean, look at how that Seahawks game went. Nobody thought they had a chance, double digit underdogs, and they pulled it out. Now, if this Giants team can get the ball moving, can get the run game going, can get those pressures going. Logan Ryan just signed a new contract. He was snubbed for the Pro Bowl. He's going to be out there playing like he's got something to prove. And then guys like Leonard Williams, who uh, with Logan Ryan's new contract is going to be realizing, hmm, this cap is getting pretty small. Let me make sure I can show what I'm worth because I want to get my money this year too. These guys have things to prove. Not to mention, this team is still in this NFC lease division and they are playing for a post season at a sub 500 record so i think this is going to be a close one i'm going to give it a 21 20 edge all right so i am just totaling up the points here okay so we have round one went to jason lacanfora nfc lease i love how you ended it style ring the bell loved it <laughs> that, that round went to you round- the first round but that's okay <laughs> round two is you know, I like the phrase that you used, Jason, perception is reality on quarterback play for the Giants because, yeah, it is. And I, and I think a lot of Giants fans don't like to realize that. So through two, we've got Jason two, Madeline zero. <laughs> but round three went to you, Madeline. I love – see, when people call me and ask me about the Giants and their, their game plan at the goal line there, I like the aggressiveness. But I'm also on the radio saying don't do it on the first, first drive in the end zone. Don't do it. So – I'm with you on that one. So that round went to you. Also, round four went to you, too. Bathroom break. That was so funny. Uh, Jason, did we ever figure out what exactly that was? I'm sticking with the IV scenario. I'm going to take Lamar at his word. (laughs) Lamar tells no lies. The man was dehydrated. Let's leave it at that. Mm -hmm. We all saw that. I don't know why ESPN had to show that little run to the locker room, because that's a very familiar run. And people see him. The waddle up the uh, ramp there. (laughs) It's a different look for Lamar. I hadn't seen him quite in that light before. <laughs> but I've been there. Moment. But he just needed an IV, damn it. I'm sticking to that story. <laughs> All right. So through four, we are at – we're tied, 2-2. Two, two. Um, round five went to you, Madeline. Six was a draw. I couldn't believe – that was – I'm going to use some of that stats. Of course, I'm going to obviously cite them for you guys on the radio. But round six was amazing. Giants versus the tight end. All those stats you rattled off, Jason, great. And then Madeline, the four seconds, he's a perfect passer in within four seconds. After four. When you think about it, four seconds is an eternity back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't protect for that long. So. Or yeah. cover. Oh, yeah, or cover. So, uh, and then the seventh round, I got to go with the Giants here. Sorry, Jason, but the Seahawks double digit. Wow. And then the, the cap context, I got to go with that. So with a final score four, Madeline Burke. Jason Lockin for a two. We've got a Don't Giants. Call it a comeback. I got, I got crushed. I got knocked out. I got knocked the bleep out, Copper. 
I love like Nate Robinson. On my <laughs> Jason, did you hear she just called you Nate Robinson? <laughs> oh, wow. That's all no. right. I, it was, <laughs> this was a fair fight, this and was- I tried my best, and maybe there'll be a rematch in the Super Bowl or not. <laughs> this, was a, this was a great fight. It was a pleasure, and uh, going toe-to-toe with one of the greats, JLC, oh. I appreciate it. <laughs> This was, this was, this was too much fun. Thank you for taking it easy on me. I, I know you could have knocked me out in the first. Not a chance. All right. Thanks guys for joining us on beatboxing here on McCartan after midnight on the fan. I've made my decision. Now it's your turn. Head to coach McCartan on Twitter. That's M C C A R T A N to cast your vote, to give out the listener's choice beatboxing belt in doing so. Please consider strength of argument, Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the beatboxing segment here. We are here in our last hour of the McCartan triple play, the McCartan Christmas hat trick, whatever you're calling it. This is my third show in four days, um, and this is my last hour in those three days, three shifts. So uh, you guys get aboard 877-337-6666. Hope you enjoyed beatboxing. You have still uh, 18 minutes left to cast your vote. My winner in in that, um, as you know, was Madeline Burke. You know, just I, I love doing that. I think it's a great segment because it could be applicable really to any um, any sport and any reporters and any teams. So um, there it is. So we've got Madeline Burke leading Jason Lockenfora right now in the vote. So go ahead and cast your vote at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And Kevin from Camden just wrote the Nate Robinson reference with a ton of crying, laughing faces. Yeah, I know. I don't mean to laugh about Nate Robinson because I actually thought he was dead. But for her to pull that out, I thought that was hilarious. And, and of course, Lamar Jackson, I think he was going to the bathroom. I mean, come on. Come on. So it just takes on the, the, the personality of the people that you're – I mean, Brandon London's and, and the guy from – Daryl Ryder from the Cleveland Browns, it was more of a serious, competitive vibe. This was too, but this was more funnier. So I um, really enjoy it. So next week, um, we'll, have to, we'll have to get somebody else for next week. we got to get new contestants. Oh, I think the Giants are taking on Dallas next week too. That could be a really good one. we got to get a gritty fighter, two gritty fighters for that one. So um, we're kind of recapping tonight. You know, the Giants, I think they're nine and a half point underdogs right now to the Ravens. Last I checked anyway, um, that's a 1 p.m. game. I hate, again, how the Giants and Jets are both on at one. But what are you going to do? I guess we're used to it by now, right? So um, what to watch in the Jet game is the six Cleveland Browns players that have been basically told to stay home because of COVID exposure and, and one COVID positive which was the linebacker, B.J. Goodson. He was the positive. And um, as far as we know, we don't know if any of the other players that are told to stay home are positive. I don't think they are. I think they're just close contacts. So basically the Browns are going to be playing the Jets at MetLife Stadium with practice a, a slew of practice squad wide receivers. Do you think the Jets can pull this game off? I actually put my a $3 bet. I don't do these crazy, crazy bets. You know, $3, 10 is like my max, I told you guys. So, like, 3 I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind throwing $3 out of a car window. So, fine, let's just try to put it on the Jets, and maybe they'll uh, pull it out for me. Or do I want them to? And then you get into all this whole conflicted. I'm like, do I? Oh, I want to win the money, but I also don't want the Jets to win the game. So, what do I do? And, of course, there's that report from Jason Lockenfora 
um, that the Jets are might be firing Adam Gase after a loss in, in Cleveland. And um, I sent an email to him. I know, just quickly, that is a pre-recorded segment today anyway. We had to redo it. We had to do it at 1 p.m. Uh, on Saturday. So um, that's why I didn't ask. That's that's the that's the reason why. So I did put an, out, an email to Jason Lockenfora, who usually responds within 10 minutes to an email. So... You know, I just keep refreshing it. We gave him the hotline number. And uh, in fact, if he does wake up early on a Sunday, which I don't know how much those guys actually sleep on nights like this, you know, those insider guys that have all these scoops. So maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe we'll get a quick phone call in from Jason Lockenfora later tonight um, up until 6 a.m. I don't know. Maybe I, sh- maybe I should tell him. Maybe I- next email I send him. We're on until 6 is my next email to him. So just so he knows. So he doesn't try calling at like 6.05. Um, so, uh, you know, this Jets team, uh, I don't know. You got to root for him to lose. Jaguars are in full tank. Minshew's benched. Mike Glennon, who had was benched in his last outing in Week 14, he had a 46.5 rating, and then they sent him to the bench. You know how they're in the full tank mode because Minshew, who had is coming off a game versus the Baltimore Ravens, where he had two touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and a quarterback rating or a rating of 120.8, he's going to be sitting on the bench. And for the likes of Mike Glennon. And they're playing in Chicago, obviously, and Chicago is still in contention for a playoff berth. And not to mention the fact that even if Glennon can't get it going through the air, who is he going to turn to in the run game? They have uh, The Jaguars have benched breakout running back um, James Robinson, the NFL's third leading rusher and top rookie on the ground. He is not going to be playing versus the Jets. I mean, I mean, uh, um, He's not going to be playing versus the Bears. So, you know, there's um, there's all that. So the Jaguars clearly know how to tank, and the Jets clearly don't know how to tank. And the Giants, I went with the Rocky theme for the Giants because here we are again in Week 16. The last time I, I dusted off the Rocky theme for the Giants was in the game versus the Seattle Seahawks where they were heavier underdogs, and they went out to Seattle and, and won that game. I told you it was going to be close, um, and in fact it was. So I dusted it off for this week. You know, having James Bradbury, who's a newly minted Pro Bowl cornerback back in the in the roster, in the lineup, in the game plan, definitely improves this Giants defense that mostly really shut down the Browns' potent offensive run game last week, I should say. Mayfield ended up torching the Giants with his arm, and that's where James Bradbury comes in. The problem is that Lamar Jackson is better than Baker Mayfield. And I think the Giants' front will do a good job in mostly containing him. And I think that Bradbury is going to be like white on rice when covering number one wide receiver Willie Sneed. In fact, I, I would I would kind of move him around. I would put him on Marquise Brown, too, in some certain situations. Bradbury has the f- highest forced incompletion percentage in the entire league, 24%, by the way. Lockdown corner, I would say. We have to come up with some alliterative name for him, like Revis Islanders, Bradbury. I'll get back to you next week on that one. But anyway... Jackson is um, most comfortable, and, and I did a little deep dive on this, too, because um, after Madeline and Jason were talking about all, all everything, I, I kind of sat and I was like, you know what? Let me, let me let me look at this. So Lamar Jackson, this is according to Next Gen Stats, and actually I could, I could put this up on Twitter so you guys can, like I am in class, you guys can look at the visual as, as I talk about it. Um, so I'm just going to put it up. Lamar Jackson... Jackson, next gen stats. Okay, so go ahead. You can go on at Coach MCCARTAN, and you're going to be looking at the same exact thing that I'm looking at right now. So 
Lamar Jackson is most comfortable and is exceptional. The word I use is exceptional in targeting receivers in the 10 to 20 yard range. You could see it right on there. It's the green zone. He has a, but in particular, he has a quarterback rating of 35.5. Again, the highest is 158.3. He's 135.5, which is almost perfect. Right in the middle of the field in that 10 to 20 yard range. You know what that tells me? That tells me that 6'5", 256-pound tight end Mark Andrews is going to be a name to watch out for. Coupled with the fact, especially given Lamar Jackson's rating in that area of the field, given the fact that who do the Giants have in the middle of the field, you know, mostly, most of the time. I know there's different schemes and all that, but when you look at the middle of the field, the Giants are historically bad in covering tight ends, as of recently, I should say. It's just a mismatch because you got 6'5", Mark Andrews, going against Jabril Peppers, who's 5'11", Logan Ryan, who's 5'11". So, you know, that's that's going to be a huge name for you guys to watch out for. Um, I, I like to do touchdown bets, and I would, when I get home or back to New Jersey, I'm going to put some, like, I'm, like a $5 bet on Mark Andrews to have multiple touchdowns in this game, multiple touchdown score. That's what I think. Based on the research, you know, any given Sunday, obviously it's a saying that is uh, well-versed around here and, and everywhere. So that's my bet, $5. So I'm like halfway sure. And then the Ravens' key to victory is obviously going to get the ground game going. They have to um, do it with the running backs and with the quarterback, which obviously, as you know, even if you play just Madden, you know that that will open up the passing lanes downfield. Um, but Lamar Jackson isn't great and really throws over 20 yards, especially to the right side you know, to the right side of the field. I mean, he's really downright awful, to be honest with you, with his quarterback rating. And again, if you're looking at it, uh, we are looking and interpreting the same next-gen stats here. So prediction, I think I just think that a lot of people are not giving the Giants enough credit for this, like the, they didn't give the Giants enough credit when they went to Seattle. I did. So I think, I mean, ultimately because the Giants have a really good defense, Bradbury's back. Baltimore has just that many more talented players than the Giants, you know, and, and they're also coached well. There's also They're also like an offensive a juggernaut, you know. It's like not if they're going to hit you. It's like who they're going to hit you with at different times. So also taking into consideration that the Ravens have scored over their last three games, you ready for this, 40.3 points, so 40 points. They've scored 40 points over their last three games. That's pretty hot. So uh, my prediction is this. Uh, unfortunately, I do not think that the Giants are going to come away with this one, although I do like the score, Ravens 28, Giants 20. And again, what, the point spread is like 9.5 at this point, I think. So, you know, that that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And, and in terms of playoff storylines and permutations and all that, right now the Giants need to win. They need to focus on winning. But if they don't win, it's still doable. It is. In week 16, Giants fans, this is this is something no one thought that this was we were going to be talking about, right? But if the Giants do not win, Madeline told you, they would need a, the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Philadelphia Eagles this week, and they need Washington to lose their last two games. And this is going to be like a playoff-like atmosphere this this week, you guys, or today, later today, I should say, with the Giants, because the Ravens right now, they're, they're like on the outside looking in, too. They're on the cusp. They're on the bubble of um of the playoffs. So this is going to be two I don't do I want to say smash mouth? I don't know if I want to say smash mouth because I think um the Ravens are a little bit more finessed, but 
This is going to be a real physical game. This is a real physical game, and both teams have implications for the playoffs, and they both need to win this game. So what also concerns me is the fact that that the Ravens are coming off, you know, if I were a Ravens fan, the Ravens are coming off a game where they allowed Gardner Minshew to have, like, a huge game last week. So that's good news for Giants fans. And Daniel Jones is going to be the starter moving forward, you know, from this week on. Um, potentially many more weeks into the playoffs. Fingers crossed if you're a Giants fan. But um, I just think that if Daniel Jones looks the way he did the last time they, tra- they they put him out there to start, if he looks like he's not breaking off those runs, I mean, you'll know it in, within the first drive or even two drives, let's just say, two possessions. If he's not comfortable in breaking off those runs, you need to take him out. You have to because Daniel Jones isn't quite there yet. The receiving court isn't quite there yet to to allow him to only beat you with the arm. The run game is very significant to Daniel Jones. I mean, it's it's part of his repertoire, right? And and which so which Daniel Jones is, is going to be showing up in the game is what I'm asking. Because if if it's not the Daniel Jones that you know at one point was atop the quarterback rushing yards charts with Lamar Jackson earlier in the season, if it's not the same Daniel Jones that maxed out at 21 miles an hour on that long run, you know, when he tripped and fell. You know, if it's not that Daniel Jones, you need to hand the ball off to to Colt McCoy. You have to just put the pride aside and just do it because I think at that point in time with a one-dimensional Daniel Jones, I just think that Colt McCoy gives you a better chance to succeed in that situation. So it's football Sunday. Let's load up some calls. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan. After, or let's say Danielle McCartan in the morning now, it's 5.16. Danielle McCartan in the morning with you on The Fan, New York City. Brooklyn Nets basketball is right here on The Fan. Be listening tonight at 6.50 as they wrap up their short road trip against the Charlotte Hornets. Streaming on your smart speaker, mobile device, laptop, and tablet at WFAN.com and on your radio at Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66 WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. Welcome back to McCartan in the morning here, everybody. Win, 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 win seems to be the motto for only the Giants. Please, not the Jets, just the Giants. Maybe you can force that win on onto the Jaguars as they try to beat the Bears with Mike Glennon as the quarterback. We'll see. Stranger things have happened, I know. So, w- during that uh, commercial break there, that little pause there, the poll closed. Uh, who is your listener's choice beatboxing winner? Madeline Burke, you guys, we, we agreed for the third week in a row. Madeline Burke won it. You guys, she had a 60 roundup, 62% of the vote was Madeline Burke. So congratulations to her. I did say right in the beginning when we started this that I haven't given any yet, but if it was a unanimous selection between myself and my viewers, I was going to send them a little gift. So um, I don't know, maybe like a Starbucks gift card I, I could send her. Um, and and the, the first guy, the Raiders guy, remember him? Um Steve Cofield, he's from New Jersey. So you know what I wanted to do? I hope he's not listening. I wanted to um, send him some Jersey bagels at, via the U.S. Postal Service out there in Vegas. I'm sure he'll like that. Pretty cool. So, uh, again, thanks to Madeline Burke for joining us. Thanks to Jason Lockenfora, uh for, for joining us. And then, oh, we got, a, we, got a late, we got a late voter. 
At the Wingnut One says, definitely Maddie won. That Nate Robinson line was classic, only because he's still alive. Totally agree with you. I Looking that night, I was sitting here right in this chair, and I was like, oh, my God, is he alive? I didn't know. Because he, since he is alive and he seems to be doing fine, it's it's a classic line now. So she definitely knocked him out, for sure, in my opinion. Anyway, um, I also just, you know, I, earlier in the show, Jason Lockenford did send out a tweet saying to the effect of, if the Jets do in fact lose to the Browns, that um, that Adam Gase would be fired. He's hearing sources, so I sent him an email, and um, and I never clarified until what time I'm on the air. So, you know, let's see. I just sent them during that break too. I said sorry, I never included that. I'm, I'm on air till six. So I hope you can see this in time. So hopefully, and again, I, he has the hotline number, and hopefully he'll give us a call to give us a little scoop on that, and we'll see what happens. So. Um, but potentially he's sleeping. So let's go to the calls. 877-337-6666. Mike in West Palm Beach. You're on the fan. Morning, Coach. How are you, Mike? Good, Danielle. You Give me a couple seconds, please. Dude, get away from Mike Tacoma, dude. Uh-oh. I don't have a dollar. Take, listen, take a walk. Take a walk. Uh-oh. It's Christmas. That's all right. You got some of these night crawlers around. Yeah, night crawlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. You're yeah, safe, though? Mike, are you safe? <laughs> No, I'm not. No, I'm cool. I'm okay. cool. Yeah, yeah. He's walking me. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, Danielle, I went on your Twitter page this past week. I was singing to Pat. And there's a picture of Pat on his birthday. Yeah. And, you know, I love uh, uh, reading the comments from people. And, <laughs> and you're still up there. You're still aces uh, in my book, you know. Uh, a couple of things. Um, I didn't realize... Danielle, you, you taught Italian. Mm-hmm. Prego, prego. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% Italian. My kids are half Italian, uh, my son and my daughter, but uh, very good. Uh, about the Jets, what can we say? Everyone's sort of flipping out. Oh, we're not going to get the stud from Clemson. And Listen, it's they got a restructuring to do in every phase of the game, right? Um, and I'm a longtime Jet fan, Met fan, and I'm not going to change. I'm not going to become a, a fair weather fan or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at uh, switching over to uh, baseball. Um, the Yankees, the hot commodity in the country is DJ LeMayu, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, every team is going to jump. And no offense to Yankee fans, but uh, George Steinbrenner back in the day you know, long-term contracts, okay, all-star in every position, and look at what they owe Stanton now for the next seven years. What is it, $210 million. It's, it's totally um, handcuffed what they can move, what they could do moving forward. It was, it was a terrible deal. Terrible. Terrible. And, you know, it reminds me of uh, the Bronx Zoo. Read the book and what the Yankees went through, uh, you know, uh, this and that. And I think our new owner, Cohen, is going to be the new George Steinbrenner of New York baseball with the light blue pinstripes. It's possible. Uh, Yeah. And, um, you know, it's great to see, um, it's great to see sports. You know, this year can't come to an end quick enough, right, Danielle? Yeah. Uh, With the pandemic and everything else. But that's our, uh, that's our, uh, you know, pleasure of watching the sport. That's part of our life, you know. And one last thing I mentioned to to Pat, I wanted to mention uh, about gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, I, it turned out I was a compulsive gambler. Um, casinos, uh, card games, the ponies. And it got to the point where I just said, you know, uh, I needed action every day. And I wasn't blowing mortgage money. Uh, Patty and I, my wife at the time, were both working, two kids. But I said, uh, you know, I downshifted. 
the last bet I made, a 20-timer, a $100 bet with the Giants, excuse me, beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Are you Stunard? you got a downshift, which I did. A lot of people, uh, like you mentioned after the call last week, small bets are cool, but uh, you got to control. You know, if, if you've got that tunnel vision, like a lot of compulsive gamblers mm-hmm. do have. And uh, anyway, with this last thing, Danielle, um, I hope you make Boomer's softball team. I, really <laughs> I, th- I think I did. I, you, did you hear him last <laughs> week? He jumped, he jumped on the mic last week. Did you hear him? Who's that? Which one? Boomer, Boomer. came on, yeah. Oh no! I, I, I no, I didn't. Uh, you know what? Not last week. It was just I, this, the the days are blending together. It was uh, on Christmas morning, Christmas Eve morning. He jumped okay. on. He he showed up because they were doing the show at six. He came in and he jumped on the mic and he asked me what positions I play. You didn't hear oh, it? Oh man, they wrote Lou DiPietro wrote an article about it too. If, I, I see if I could send it to you. Email me or, or contact me, and I could I can send it to you. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, I, I was even saying. Um, you know, love Boomer, East Islip. My father knew his, his uh, football coach. I played golf, uh, rest of the soul, my dad. But I'd love to see uh, uh, Al Dukes, the producer, uh, play third base during batting practice. So na- nail him with a couple of, uh, you know, uh, line drives above the shoulders. Oh, see we no. Come on, Mike. I'm not <laughs> no, like that. I know you're not. I'm just, I got to throw a curveball once in a while. <laughs> but, uh, Danielle, uh, all the best, all right? Um, happy New Year. And uh, you still got it going on, and you got serious mojo behind the microphone. That makes Pat laugh every single time, too. We both smile <laughs> when you say that. Thanks, Mike. I'll talk to you next week. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Danielle. All the best. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, so if you missed it, Boomer came in here on whatever morning it was, Christmas Eve morning, and kind of asked which positions I could play. Told him shortstop. That's my position I've always played. And he said, well, I said, but I know Carton's the shortstop. And I don't want to, you know. And he said, oh, no. Carton might not even have a, a spot on this team. And I was like, uh-oh, what did I just open up? <laughs> I don't want to be hating around here. And then Boomer said, well, CeeLo plays short. Uh, what about playing third? And I kind of hesitated because I, I, the hot corner with men batting, you know. And I don't know. I made it through all these years with my teeth perfectly intact at the way they are. I, you know what? At this point, I'll play wherever. And he did ask if I if I could catch. Of course I can catch. I actually always wanted to be a catcher. I really always just wanted to put all the stuff on and be a catcher. But in 95 to 100 degrees in July, you know, whatever. I, you know what? I, but I will do whatever it is for the team to succeed. I will do wherever they need me to play, wherever. I don't care. I'll do it for sure. That's me, though. That That's how I am as a team player. So wherever they need me. I just, I, you know what, though, <laughs> before I even do that, I just don't want to pitch. I don't know who the pitcher on that team is. I am deathly afraid of a comebacker. I've seen it happen. I do not want to pitch, especially against men from 45 feet away. No, thank you. Please. I'd rather keep score if that's the only option. Let's go to Jeff in Fairview, New Jersey. Jeff, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Happy holidays. You too. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, Vernon, he was talking about Terry Collins called a double steal. You were you were old enough. Jeffrey Cole was at up at bat. He hit a line drive. It was first and second. He called a double steal by the night. Line drive to second. The guy steps on second and tags the runner. 
out on first base because mm-hmm. it was a steal, right. a double steal. Terry Collin called it. Oh, that's the piece I, that was missing, the word steal. Yeah. I didn't know it was yeah. a steal because I was like, that's that's a base running, Eric, because he didn't see the, the ball go through. You, you know, a line drive is just well, supposed to watch it go through. Well, it's a double steal. It was a double steal, so it's yeah, not really was, a base run. Yeah, that was what, the part that was missing. Okay, yeah, got yeah. it now. So that's what happened. Okay. And, uh, basketball, the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, the black uniforms. It took me like a, a oh, whole half to horrible. get used to. I was like, oh, the guys in white hitting the bench. I said, yeah, but then I remember it's not the Knicks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, okay, they they sourced them out to local artists and things like that, but that was the best design they could have gotten for those uniforms. They were te- they're terrible. They're awful. Yeah. And the the white uniforms are beautiful with the blue and orange. Yeah, they I are. I love them. I love them they're too. Great. Yep. Yeah. So I was like confused, especially a young team, you know. Right. You don't know, know it <laughs> as, know. as well. I know. I know. And it's hard to keep track of too when you're used to seeing one thing and then all of a sudden they throw a curveball and you're like, wait a second, I'm rooting yeah. for the wrong team. Like you know, I get exactly. it. Exactly. I know. I know. And, and NFL Network. I don't have the network. I have cable. No, direct TV. I don't have any real network. Mm-hmm. I miss all the games now. You know, I hope this is the only sport. It's great. I, it's on free TV. I have no complaints. I didn't even complain today. But hopefully, <laughs> little by little, they're not going to go into, you know, being on ESPN, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to lose. Because a lot of people, I live around the, the cable place around my house. Mm-hmm. A lot of people bring their boxes back. Because of the economy right now. I know. I waited uh, in line in, in 100 degrees over the summer to bring my box back. It's ridiculous. Wow. Do you have cable now? Yeah. I have I have Optimum, but they still stink. I mean. Yeah. Because where I am, we can't, we, I can't get Fios. So I'm stuck with Optimum. And I think they know that. It's ridiculous. It's just the whole, the whole thing's a, a racket. I know. But, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's a racket. Yep. It's a scam. Yep. Now, you know, think about it. Now, baseball, you know. The Metro at SNY. Mm-hmm. Now, Wilpons, they own SNY. And they only put 24 games on TV in a 162-game schedule. Last year, there was not one game on Channel 11. So mm-hmm. I don't know what... So we're actually, all the Mets fans, the Wilpons somehow are still controlling us a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> in a way. Is it going to be on, how many games are going to be on Channel 11? We don't know. But I do have it right now in SNY. I have, I don't know how long I'm going to have it, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's getting crazy. Then you have to think about it. Baseball, the World Series is on Channel 5, free TV. The Stanley Cup is on Channel 4, free TV. Then you got the Super Bowl, of course, free TV. And basketball is on Channel 7, free TV. It's just you're paying for the regular season mm-hmm. and the playoffs. But they have to do something because it's getting bad, you know. So I see it. Yeah, I mean, and and didn't help today that they had that that the one game on the Amazon Prime, channel, yeah. you know. But I, mean, I don't have that. I ha- see. I know. I think I don't mean to call you old by any means. I just think it's like a generational thing. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like for me, it well, wasn't yeah, a big well, deal. There was there was a caller before it was all up in arms, but for me, it was like okay, let me just turn on yeah, Amazon Prime. You know, it's that's I that mean, could be a problem too. That can alienate the the older fans. That's a problem for the NFL yeah. or any other I, network that tries to do that. Yeah, that, I mean, but you. You people, you people, you sports show hosts, you have some power. You have some power to get on. You know, if everyone's stuck together, you know, we can, we can beat this, you know, the good down. We can beat it. But you, I say you people, the, the sports show hosts has got to complain about it. 
and then maybe something will happen. That that's what I think. Yeah, and and Jeff, thanks for the call. You know, I just you know, especially in this economy now, and and everybody, mo- a lot of people are struggling. I just don't know if making people pay for subscriptions is um is the way. You know, I do pay for the extra package, the extra sports package or whatever. I get all the channels, but it's a lot of money. Like I I don't pay for the movie channels or anything. I really wanted to cut the cord actually after I brought that box back this summer, but you can't because any pack every single package I looked at you you can't get both SNY and Yes Network. Do you believe that? That's ridiculous. So I have to keep the the, the stupid box. What am I going to do? I can't do anything. That's that's the answer. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so uh hey, it's football Sunday. Let's let's talk some Jets. Let's talk some Giants and let's also discuss Worst case scenario, because I'm trying to prepare Yankees fans for the worst case scenario in case that DJ LeMahieu does not end up in pinstripes. They are not pulling the full car press. The, the Yankees are Brian Cashman is not putting on the full car press for DJ LeMahieu. It's concerning. And the longer this goes on, the more teams get involved. In my opinion, the more chance that he is, um, he, he, he might be looking elsewhere. He might catch the eye of some other team or some other team might catch the eye of him. You got Bo Bichette in, in uh, Toronto really lobbying for him up there, too. So imagine that. Imagine him going to a young, upcoming Toronto Blue Jays team. I'm trying. <laughs> Yankees fans, I know. I know. But uh, I do have a, a backup plan just in case. And the backup plan comes through free agency. So I will tell you that. Tell you my plan just in case. I always like to keep you guys prepared. I always am prepared myself for as many things as I can prepare myself for. So let's hit the break. 877-337-6666. I'm Daniel McCartan on The Fan. Your flagship station for Yankees baseball and Giants football is The Fan. Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM. WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. DJ Pat Boyle, special here at 540 in the morning. Oh, as always, this is your last chance to get aboard here, everybody. 877-337-6666. On this week 16 NFL action, we could be, uh, this is probably, maybe, one of the last two weeks we can talk about relevant football here in our area with the Giants still having a path to the playoffs, believe it or not. If you're Giants fans, I, I'm not sure that you thought that your team was a, a, um, a playoff team at the beginning of this season based on many different factors, including um, the – how about let's start start with a brand-new head coach and the brand-new coaching staff. That's number one. Number two, the fact that that brand-new head coach and coaching staff could not meet with its players in person because of the, the, the COVID, everything. Um, meetings were – they were installing offenses and defenses via Zoom, okay? Um, meeting with players via Zoom, free agents via Zoom. Um, they didn't have any preseason games Put all this together, which leads to my third point, that the Giants assembled an entire defense, basically. You know, all these pieces, Bradbury and Logan Ryan and and, uh, and Blake Martinez and, and all these guys, they came together, and then they didn't really sort, start to gel until like week five or so. So if you were a Giants fan, I don't think you were expecting your team to be at, at least in the playoff hunt in week 16. I'll put it that way. Um and if you did expect it, I don't know. I mean, I know the division is, is sort of kind of weak, but even still. 
with all of that turnover and all of that change, it's really hard to overcome. So if you're a Giant fan, I think you're happy in the direction in which your team is going um, with your head coach, who's who's awesome, uh, who's going to be around here for a long time, in my opinion, um, with your GM, who's making some really good signings and, and no drama signings like Graham Gano, like Logan Ryan on Christmas morning. Those are all low drama. Before the deals are done, before the season's over, there's no there's no drama involved, and I and I, and I like that element too. It shows how they value the players um, that are playing currently for them. And that's a big boost. It's a big boost for the players. All right, let's go to your calls eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Like I said, last chance to get aboard. John in Port Chester Station. Is that right, John? Yeah, Port Chester Station. Yes. Okay. How are you, Daniel? Good morning. Good. How are you? Good. Well, uh, just a real quick thing, and then I get to the Giants and uh, Ravens. Uh, well, it is the Giants part. You uh, you know a lot about history, I guess, as the Giants, whatever. You know about the uh, great sneaker game, right? I I can't say I'm a history buff at all in in any area. <laughs> so no, tell well, me. Anyway, it, it, well, the great sneaker game was when the uh, Giants were playing Chicago. I think it was between thirty four and thirty eight. My my girls are related to the quarterback of the Giants. Uh, his name is Ed Danowski. Okay. And. Uh, Chicago was winning 13 nothing at half, and the Giants couldn't get their cleats into the ground, so they went to Pace University and got all the college kids' sneakers. Hmm. And yeah. they came out for the second half, and their sneakers stuck to the ground, and they won the championship, so they called it the Great Sneaker Game. Oh, well, there anyway, you that, was just a, that was just a little point in fact. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big-time Giant fan. I'm going down to uh, Maryland to see my, uh, my daughter, my grandkids, and my son-in-law. He's a Raven fan. Mm-hmm. So I'm bringing all the, uh, the goodies down there. I just came back from bringing my daughter down there and coming back. It's like a two-trip thing. Yep. Uh, so I'm going down there to watch them. It's a big fan. My grandson, who's going to be five, is a big Raven fan. So it's going to be uh, a really, uh, like you said, the both of them are in the hunt. So it's going to be a really exciting game. Yeah, it will be. Uh, I, I think that Lamar Jackson could be the pivotal point to weigh the Giants' defense control them. And I'm just hoping that they can stay in the game late till the fourth quarter and I don't have to turn it off by halftime. Um, yeah, John, and, and see, this game can go one of two ways. It could go turn off by halftime or it could go to the end. Um, I see it going to the end. I think you might be um, happy to know that I see it going to the end. But my X factor in this entire game, tight end Mark Andrews. I, I tweeted out the, the next-gen stats on Lamar Jackson. He lives in the 10 to 20-yard passing range, especially in the middle of the field. You know who likes to roam the middle of the field? Tight ends. And you know who's 6'5", 256? Ravens tight end, Mark Andrews. You know who's guarding him? 5'11", Jabril Peppers. 5'11", Logan Ryan, for the most part. I know there's different schemes and stuff, but that's kind of pretty much who patrols the middle. Um, You could say Blake Martinez does as well, but, you know, linebackers play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. They don't particularly play 10 to 20 yards off the ball, you know? So um, I think Mark Andrews is going to be the X factor in the game. I actually just doodled the letter X underneath his name in my notes here. So um, when I go home, I'm going to put a little 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 cheese, maybe $5 bet on Mark Andrews to be a multiple touchdown scorer. And again, here's the path to the Giants. Obviously, the Giants need to win. If they don't, it's not the end of the world because this scenario needs to happen. They need Dallas to beat Philadelphia and Washington to lose the next two games. That's a lot to happen, I know. But it, isn't it fun to be watching the scoreboard this this late? Come on, Giants fans. All right, let's go to Jamal in Bridgeport. Jamal, you're on the fan. Hello, good morning. How are you? All right, how are you doing? Good. Um, yeah, um, I've been, um, you, you have great content. I've been listening to you for about maybe a year or two. 
Uh, I know you told me, I mean, not me, but I know you told the fans that you are a New York Giants and a Jets fan, correct? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I honestly, yes, I do root for both. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm up this early because I'm, I'm a diehard Cleveland Browns fan. Diehard Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. And you couldn't sleep tonight because of all your COVID quarantines? Exactly. <laughs> so I just want to ask you, is there any way that you could either, like, quell my fears of us losing the game, <laughs> or do you think that the Jets could pull off the upset? Because I I couldn't sleep. I've been up Jamal. for the last three hours. Oh my god, Jamal! You know what? I see. Okay, two things. Um, one, every bet that I've made on the Jets, you know, two dollars here, three dollars there, has been wrong. This team is so unpredictable that I I don't know what. To do. Usually, I'm here quelling, um, calming the nerves of Jets and Giants fans. I never thought I'd have to console a Browns fan, Jamal. I I don't know. I, that's the best answer I can give you because this team, this Jets team, could they shocked the world when they beat the Rams last week, and yet, exactly. you know, then yet they they were still in the running up until that point for and still even for the number one overall pick. So. Everything I've predicted about the Jets, I haven't gotten one game right about the Jets. It's just the the roller coaster that they are. So I, the best advice I can give you is I don't know, get your comfy blankie and and some popcorn and just try to enjoy it, Jamal. I don't I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. I just I, I'm I, I'm I don't know. I'm just lost for words and I'm just I'm scared to death. I know. Well, try try to take a melatonin or something and get a little sleep in before the game starts. Okay, thank you so much. That's my best advice, Jamal. All right. (laughs) All right, talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye. I know, every every time I've made a bet about these Jets, it's been wrong. So I think they're going to lose, Jamal. I I think the Jets are going to lose. But then again, you got practice squad wide receivers lining up with Baker Mayfield. I think the solace you could take is the fact that the the Browns are a ground game, ground and pound game. Which then you can go over the top. That means with because practice squad players are still NFL style players. You know they're not scrubs for the most part, right? I don't know. I do think the Browns come away with a win. I just think it's not going to be as close as people think. I actually put a little three dollar cheese on the Jets to to take the money line. But again, I've been wrong every single bet I made with the Jets this year. So um, my my bet MGM account is not happy with me. All right, I think the final call tonight is going to go to Scott in Bergen County. Where in Bergen County, Scott? Hey, Danny, right where Don and I only lived in Tenafly. Oh, uh, Tenafly. Okay, I'm from Dumont. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we, I used to Look, play against Tenafly in, in high school sports all the time, the BCSL American over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, and uh, you're kicking great. I can't wait to see you uh, field and hit the, hit the smack the ball around the park in the spring. That'd oh, yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure you will see that. I actually think my next video might be some foul shots, actually. I got a call earlier, and I think that's the only thing I could do. It's indoors, so. Yeah, do it. Uh, Larry Bird used to do it up by the barn. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little cold for that. I know. Although, we do have some warm winters the last few years, so we had some warm spells. It's unbelievable when that happens. Um, that's going to be 60 degrees, I think, New Year's Eve. Wow. Weird, isn't it? Yep. Um, yeah, on the Giants, I'm looking at you're, you're just for, for every reason you, you're looking at Baltimore. I'm looking at it the same way, as well as the Giants it out in Seattle. I think Baltimore is going to put a Saints effort in, you know, where they just run the, they do a little bit of everything, and I think they're just they're just 
they're just playing too too well right now. Um, you know, the Giants were able to do well out in Seattle with a Russell Wilson type, but it's funny that Seattle when the Giants gimped off against Cincinnati, then the Jones gimped off the field, and I saw the final five games for the Giants. I honestly said in my expectations that they could just go two and three, <laughs> and they're on par to do that yeah. if they beat Dallas next week. But the hardest part of the equation, it's not really Washington losing to Carolina. I definitely see that happening. And then, of course, losing to the Eagles, I definitely said that. It's Philadelphia losing to Dallas. I know. Dallas can take advantage of the Eagles' secondary. It's just that the Eagles can shred Dallas. So it's so funny. We're going to be rooting so much for Dallas later today. But I know. Hey, it's 50-50, I think, the Dallas game. I definitely think Washington losing twice for the reasons we said definitely is like a 75-25 proposition. Yeah. It's just it's just the equation at 4 o'clock today. If you could get Dallas to win somehow, some way, that'd be great. We'll hey, be, listen, thanks a bunch. Thanks, Scott, from 10 we'll, we'll be tuned in for sure. And you can take solace in the fact that the Cowboys, what they did to the Steelers, maybe that's it. We have one call, one more caller, Steve in Manhattan. Steve, what do you got for me? I got back time at 5.55, so go ahead. Come on, Daniel. Let's take it at the 6 o'clock. Let's take over the station. Listen, <laughs> listen, Daniel, if you hit a couple of 400-foot home runs, you're going to be sitting next to Chernoff at the Christmas party oh, next year. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. <laughs> you know what? Started this call. I heard you talking about like playing the hot corner against guys and stuff like that. Yeah. Only, you know, I played baseball and stickball. I, didn't, I, used to, I had another name for softball. I don't want to say it on the air. But I played one uh, softball game. The girl was on our team. I was the center field of first base when I was playing first base. It was later in my years. And she was playing second, and I saw it. The ball was hit out of hard. Yep. She could play this girl, but it was a bad hop right into th- her throat. Guys, it looked like Tony Kubek. I, I had to turn the other way before I could turn toward her and come over, but she was all right. I did not like that. Yeah, it's what I'm base- afraid of. Yeah, right. you got to be just careful. you got to... Listen, you got to stay low on your toes. You can always go up faster than you can go down. That's right. what I tell people. If they're not used to playing, you know how to play the game. Yep. And I played baseball and stickball. Listen, I hit guys with line drives. It, it was not a pretty sight. It really is <laughs> not to be hit with a baseball. And yeah. One guy still brings it up 20 years later. I wow. hit him in the foot with a line drive. All right. <laughs> but the thing is with Toronto, you gotta, your fault has to be a major leaguer to play for the Toronto uh, Blue Jays, right, with those guys out there, Biggio and all the guys. But listen. The Jets always blow the number one pick. Back in the 70s, a lot of these guys were young kids. They, they put expansion teams in the league. They put Tampa Bay and Seattle in and took over the Jets' first pick. You're going to do great in softball. And LeMayu, the thing is, the Yankees are just holding it, I think. They're just holding back to some. They'll come up with some, hopefully, that he had, they have to sign. That's my opinion. Right. You would think that they have to. Stephen, thanks for getting right, right to the point there. Um, you would think that the Yankees have to, to make a, a deal for DJ LeMahieu. I mean, he represents so much to that team, more than just a second baseman. It's just a philosophical shift at the plate. We talk about it every single week, and every single week the, the Yankees don't seem to make a move. They're not making a move. Um, and as far as the hot corner, uh, yeah, it's it scares me a little bit, you know, because somebody can turn on an inside pitch like that, and you know, you don't even see it coming, you know. So I like my teeth just the way they are, braces and everything. I got through all the sports in high school with my teeth intact, so that's kind of what I'm hoping for in you know adult league softball. Uh, but but I'll play there. I'll just have to play behind the base or something like that. I'm gonna have to, you know, do some push ups and strengthen strengthen up the arms so that I can wing the ball from behind third base and just give myself a little bit more time, a little bit more reaction time there. But um, DJ LeMahieu and the Yankees, you know, we'll see what happens. It's just a wait and see. I think the whole holdup, guys, is actually the fact that MLB has not made a real decision on the um, 
on the DH. So maybe by next week, we'll have an answer on that. Who knows? Thank you guys to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. Obviously, love coming here and talking to everybody. So special thank you again to my beatboxing contestants at 4.40 in the morning. Jason LaConfora from 105.7 The Fan, our sister station in Baltimore. Madeline Burke, Giants TV host. Great job to Pat Boyle behind the glass tonight. Also to Mike McCann on the updates. Hey, while you're there, just download that app. It's free. Go back to 2 a.m. Listen to the whole show. See you guys this time next week. Happy New Year. Signing off for the last time in 2020. I will see you guys in 2021. Bob Salter is up next. Hit my socials. In the meantime, at Coach MCCARTAN and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. I'll see you guys next year, everybody. Happy New Year. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Red. WFM.